I mean, he's, Marines are not supposed to be happy. That's why we're the best. Cause... He's going to, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, what's the, what's the thing? So there's only two things. Yeah, that, there's only that, two things Marines hate. Yeah. Ready? The way things are. And, and change. change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you're constantly angry and hate everything. So. Yeah. That might be the name of this actual podcast. Hey, it's me, Rasan. I don't know, man. Huge hole in my, you know, yeah. <laughs> understanding. <laughs> my fellow Americans. Probably <laughs> here. As long as you're, whatever you're doing doesn't hurt anyone else, I don't care. Different perspective of what an interesting topic is than I would assume. This is balance exchange. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Cronus is here once again with... Papa Bear, and I'm joined locally this time instead of across the internet uh, by Enrique. We we were uh, hanging out at the beach in my RV. You've seen me in my RV like at least two times now, maybe three. Yeah, at least twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe this will become a regular. Maybe I'll just record from the RV all the time from now. Good. Yeah. Wow, you got a, like a, a zip up cozy thing. Actually, hold on. First, we have to. What are we going to talk about? Uh, today we're going to talk about military in general, I guess, and why we joined, right? So kind of what, what our motivations were. I don't know if we're going to go into like, here are the tiles and select your tiles in like order, like the recruiters did. Do you remember that? Yeah. When we recruited, like they made you sort out the things. Do you remember doing that? No, because we're I, not going to go that low. I told them what the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> like I knew. Yeah. <laughs> You know that they still said, well, okay, got it, but I still have to I need you to run through the sequence of events. Yes. No, I was very um, stubborn about mm. it. I, I didn't want to hear any of that. I, just, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And they were like, yeah, we got you eventually. And then they fucked me. But we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe you should have gave me a tile. <laughs> yeah, probably should have went through the process with you. Figure out what your real motivations were. But they... Um, so why we joined, we said, we'll talk about why we are still in and maybe why you got out. Um, and then where it is now, kind of what's what has changed versus what hasn't changed and maybe needs to change. Yeah. Talk about what it's done to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I guess, <laughs> what has the 10 years of, you know, constant deployment uh, done to us and you know how we feel about it now and how we think differently now than what we what the way we did then i think would be a, a good thing to discuss because definitely have a different mentality now as a senior you know senior leader than when i did back then when like when when you and i were in like lance corporal you know motivated lance yeah. corporals and corporals and you know completely different and now you've got like almost to me, it's like a dream job in the Marine Corps is, be, is to be like a warrant officer because, you know, I, I was highly technical. And when I was in, I was like, maybe I should be a warrant officer. And I was like, oh, this ain't working for me. So I just left. But I probably should have just maybe well, maybe I should have just like tucked it out and taught people I mean, how to be better at their job. <laughs> so, yeah. There's only so much. And it's probably the same for you. And and. uh for many, right? That there's, it doesn't matter the organization. There's still only so much you can do to make other people better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and we'll get into that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what are you guys drinking? 
Oh, all right. So uh, I've started with my week Pacifico, according to Jonas. It is. I'm right? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm going to follow it up because uh, on deck next at bat is uh, this new drink that my wife actually introduced me to. So she's like, hey, how about you stay hydrated while you're drinking? So you drink a bang seltzer, nice. right? Which has sodium, magnesium, and potassium, zero sugar, zero carbs. And it's like you're yeah. hydrating while you're drinking 5% alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Still 5%, though. So yeah. you still say that's sweet. But I mean, it's, you know, but it's a seltzer. It's a seltzer. Yeah, we didn't either. Like, we yeah. just saw those last week. Like, first saw it last week. It was like, oh my gosh. So he brought some out here this week. In the weekend so yeah i promised him some and I, and I even sent him a picture when i bought him like hey like i promised you we're gonna try these out yeah they're pretty good all right and then i've got um i got a red trolley here so this is you know it's a san diego brewery it's a pretty good solid uh like basically like a brown brown ale i, I love these you can't really get them everywhere and being being out here you actually can pick up some of these carl strauss i think the red trolley is the only one they really distribute too much but down, if you go to the brewery in San Diego, you can actually get a whole lot of different brews there. It's really, really good. Yeah, I haven't been a, there's no Carl Strauss's up here, but I definitely went to the brewery down there. A whole bunch yeah, of in San Diego. It's, it's good. So, what you got? Uh, I am drinking a, a, a truly fruit punch with uh, added vodka. So, I nice. might grab a beer. Um, I'm very low on beer, so I have to like pull either one I really don't like or one that I probably shouldn't drink because I've been saving it. So we'll see. <laughs> Keep, yeah. Oh, that is a tough decision. Like I can, is that the, that's yeah, the Kittles. So it, to me, that one, so he opened the other, the thing, this one literally tastes like if you take a handful of Skittles that are like all the different colors, don't like separate and just throw a mouthful of Skittles in. It's right. just like, it's mixed. It's crazy good. And it's zero carbs, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, it's, that's definitely going to be on the list of stuff when I go back to keto after this week here where I knew there was no way I was going to be able to stay keto. <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I like that you come in and out of keto. I think that people stay in the keto for way too long. And it's just like, yeah, you can do it, but uh, probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's better that you come. I, I use it as a tool. Like when I hit a certain th like weight threshold or the way I look threshold, all right, let's go back on keto, get back to where I want yeah. to be, and then come back. But people are just like, yeah, I'm just going to do keto for like five years. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> so. I think, what did we, we you called it like the 80-20? The or no, 100%, 180. So, so, so I do, 180, that's I don't do keto. I, I mean, I, I obviously more consume paleo. stuff. I'm more paleo, yeah, right? More so paleo. the reason why I say it is because you're allowed more vegetables and, and you know, and stuff like that that, that keto doesn't allow yeah. you to. But anyway, I usually vegetables. say... How dare you? Keto vegetables Certainly. Certainly. Well, yeah. But anyways, this is what I say. I say 100% uh, paleo 80% of the time. Yeah, so it's 180 100%. is like... Yeah. Your diet, so. so it's like I do, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll eat strictly paleo all week long. Right, so that's the eighty percent, and then the twenty percent might be like that Saturday and Sunday when, you know, he'll come over. We'll have some burgers with the bun and everything, or we'll have some beers or you know pizza or whatever. But that's like the twenty percent, right? So instead of like the way that most people live nowadays, it's the other way around, right? It's yeah. like eighty percent, eighty percent processed, 
high sugar, high fru fructose corn syrup, high, you know, fast food. And then 20% is like vegetables and, you know, yeah. lean meats and, you know, water. So I kind of take that approach, right? Because I mean, I live in a time where we have delicious food, so I'm not going to deprive myself of that stuff. And that's, it seems to work, right? Like that 100% something, but 80% of the time. Yeah. I, think I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I would say I do. Sorry. Okay. So I do my like hundred uh, percent, knowing that at certain percent of the time, like when I see things coming up that I know it will be hard to be disciplined. Like it was my birthday. Like I'm not gonna not enjoy my birthday and have some beers and maybe have some cake or do some other things. So just being prepared for that that means being disciplined up to it and then except that you're going to need to go off of whatever that diet was and then just go back on when you can. So, so I just look at mine mostly that way and then accept that, yeah, every once in a while, uh, we're just going to do this. And like a trip like this, when there are Marine chief warrant officers from our community who we don't get to see very often from all around the Marine Corps coming together for an event like this, we're all going to want to have some beers and eat some tacos and find some hamburgers and like just have a good time. So. I absolutely just didn't plan on being able to eat keto while I was out here. I mean, I brought some keto snacks because now there's a point. I'm just like, some of these snacks, I, just, I like these snacks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Sorry, yours there, now. Yeah, there's a caveat that I want to tell anybody that's listening to this podcast that might be um, not at the end of their journey for fitness and the way they look. So we're talking about this because we're at a place to where we're all pretty much comfortable with like our fitness levels and – you know, we're already at our goals. But if you're still, like, in the journey of, like, trying to get to your goals, then this probably isn't the route to go. Like, you should definitely do, like, whatever diet you need to do, whatever fitness regimen you need to do. Yeah, you should have some cheat days. But um, once you get to your goals, I mean, you could like, come off the reins a little bit. But also recognize that, you know, don't go balls to the walls, you know, eating just junk food all the time. So that, that's when it comes in, like, everything that we're saying. Like, I do keto most of the time. Um, I do more f uh, fasting now, but it's only because yeah. I'm, I'm where, where I want to be. Like, if, if I was if – I, if I got over 182 pounds, I would immediately go back to keto, strict keto, get back down to, like, the low 170s, and then relax again. But you can't yeah. just yeah. expect to you, – you can't restrict your diet forever. So. I just think – and I know that – I can talk about this topic like forever, but <laughs> I was just talking to one of the chief one officers that was here yesterday, hanging out with us about how, you know, we're, we're so stuck on, on aesthetics that we believe that that's true fitness and true health because the fitness industry has tricked us into thinking oh, that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's not about having that six pack and big pecs and, you know, trying to win Mr. Olympia, you know, it's about, being happy, being healthy, being able to live a normal life where, you know, you're not, you're not sick, you're not ill. And, you know, and uh, we just need to realize that because, I mean, even though, even though they may display that, you know, our, our ancestors were all cut up and buff, they probably were not, but they were pretty fit and healthy. <laughs> I mean, they were probably cut up and sort of, they're probably cut up in like the winter because there was like less food. You know exactly. I mean? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But Absolutely. people don't, they don't recognize that, that thing. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, I mean, everything's a business now. That's why, you know, I'm saying that the fitness industry has tricked us into thinking that there's a specific image, the specific things you need to do and specific people you need to hire in order to truly be fit and healthy. 
when it's not, you know, that's not the reality. But we can get into that topic maybe uh, another time. So. Yeah, we probably should because I think that when it comes to like fit and healthy, people they don't understand like what what it really means because like I've been like super buff before. I've been fucking crazy yoked, like on the verge of like literally uh, same going to like do like a bodybuilding competition, but I couldn't touch my toes. So, I mean, <laughs> like that was on the on the end of not being like cut and stuff, but like just way beyond mass and strength from what I really needed at the time. I was when I came out of Afghanistan and was doing the workouts that I was doing, I was squatting over 500 pounds. That's a lot. Yeah, a lot. And and there's so much trade off that you have to give in order to get to those kinds of numbers. It's and there's no reason to do that. Like we've talked about it plenty of times. Like I still love doing traditional, like like weightlifting lifts from time to time, mostly just because it it's like reminds me of it. But I don't have to go for those numbers anymore. Like I, I was super concerned with putting up numbers, and that's not necessarily what it needed to be there for. Yeah, I think that's that's an age thing in wisdom, especially, especially because like when you're lifting super heavy and uh, you get older. And you're just like, what if something happens when I'm lifting this weight and you can never be the same again for the rest of your entire life? And it's like, what are you proving? <laughs> and that it, it wasn't even like an actual direct correlation, but like just a little while after I kind of decided to shift my mindset with my weightlifting and my strength training, uh, the guy who was my coach there, the guy who taught me to lift heavy like that or whatever, I had to go in for like two back surgeries yeah. and they retired from the Marine Corps because he had just been doing that for so many years. That was always his philosophy that he just broke himself. And this was a guy like who was, does those like bending frying pans, like, oh, like ripping, yeah. does those kinds of like, those aren't really actually strength. No, it's, it's a technique thing. Why, why, yeah. know that frying pans are good to like make food. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it was, it's like a, I don't know. It's, it, one of those things that looks like showing off, but it's really not even actually that strength. But hey, yeah, hunt five build as long as you're able to hunt five build, <laughs> yeah, survive. That's it, that's all you need. Yeah, I think people that well, that's, that's an obvious plug that people don't there's, even there's know. There's my pitch, yeah, we'll put a little, a little, put a little symbol thing right here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> message. Um, yeah, we, we should do another podcast about like health and fitness because we have uh, we have different ideals. On health, because we all do different uh, health and fitness things. All of us do. Yeah. Um, and I think we should talk about it. And yeah, I think people will be kind of amazed on like the different paths you can take to achieve similar goals. So, yeah. Um, all right. What are you guys reading? Uh, so, last time you guys had me as a guest, um, I said that I was going to, I started reading the, uh, again, the Rise of Superman, but then I stopped because I started reading Limitless, which okay. I'm pretty sure you guys probably talked about, and, and just recently finished that. But now again, I started reading uh, uh, The Rise of Superman once again, just because I read it when I was in Japan, but it was just, you know, uh, something that I just didn't really pay attention to. So I had to go back and, and read it again, just because, you know, it was just it, within the realm of what I, I like to I like to read about, you know, human performance and the the uh, quickly rising ability of a human being to do super freaking, you know, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like really, really impressive things when it comes to extreme sports and, and other things. But yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. It's a uh, rise of Superman again. Nice. And yeah. And I think so because you switched, I ended up getting limitless and, and then went through. So it's funny cause we'll, he'll talk about a book and have already started it, but your drive's only like 15 minutes maybe. Yeah. And mine's 45 minutes every day. Oh. So he's the book and I'll finish the book before he finishes. Cause I have, an hour and a half worth of listening every day where you have end up with a half an hour. So I went through Limitless and Rise of Superman since I think we all last talked. Mm-hmm. And then right now what I'm listening to is called The Next Great War. And it's it's an analysis of World War One and the like political alliance situation and then the conflict that occurred because of it and the situation, you know, it's basically a kind of a deep analysis of World War One and what led towards it with it at the same time comparing it to current world situation uh, between like United States and China saying, is there still a same relationship with large world powers and alliances with smaller world powers and trade? And, and while globalization like expanded and the numbers are bigger and the reach is bigger, is it still kind of a similar situation? And he does a pretty good job of mostly his focus is on, no, not really. Right. So a big part of it says there's enough key differences that while, Lots of people keep trying to make comparisons saying these are very, very similar things and it's super scary and oh my gosh, look at the world. He's like, there are enough of these things that are very important that are different. If we can focus on those and emphasize on those, we could potentially prevent the next great world war. So, Good. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't want another world war. <laughs> yeah, definitely not at least in the uh, two and a half to three years. Yeah, yeah definitely. Just wait till after 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> We'll probably be retired, so we should. Okay, good. Yeah, definitely retire. But, I mean, even if you retired, if there was really a a world, the next world war, if there's going to be one, um, it would still involve us, you know, even me. So, because it wouldn't just, there'd be, I think if there was was another world war, it wouldn't stay in just not America. (laughs) So, yeah, I I think that would be rather impossible. So, and that's the scary part. Like, if, if somebody didn't see america as like a place to get resources and, and and gain land and power they'd be extremely foolish yeah there's a lot of risk trying to conquer america but i mean why wouldn't you if if you're already yeah. at a point to where you're gonna go to war with basically everybody else like why wouldn't you try to attack us again so yeah uh anyway Almost got kind of dark there. but i am reading uh the great hunt it is book two of the wheel of time which is an extremely long book. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the TV show, but right before I finished this book, uh, I was going to talk about it on the last podcast, but we had to skip one. Um, I read... Uh, hold on, i got to bring it up. Damn it. I, I should have memorized the goddamn book. It is called uh, The Body Keeps Score. And oh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned it to me to read it. Yes. I think everybody should read this book. Um, I don't... and Everybody should read this book. Especially if you grew up in kind of like a sketchy childhood. If you have any kind yeah. of trauma in in your life, you should read this book. Any kind of trauma in your life, read this book. Um, I cried a bunch, a few times reading the book. So it's a legit, really good book. And if you're in the military uh, and you're wondering about this book, the, the guy who wrote this book, the first time he actually saw, he was interested in 
like trauma, he had to deal with veterans, U.S. veterans. So it, it has to do with like post-traumatic stress disorder and a childhood uh, trauma and stuff like that. So it, it's a really well done book. And I'm glad I didn't go on uh, medication for my depression and post-traumatic stress. <laughs> so after reading this book, because I, I didn't want to do it. And I didn't have, sol I had some solid reasonings, but this book kind of like solidified. You have other avenues that you can take to um, overcome these things. So, yeah, definitely read the book. Nice. Okay. What is it called again? The Body Keeps Score. score. Yeah, yeah. The, the Body Keeps Score. And Sorry. He, has, he has a few other Sorry. books, too, that I need to read. So I'm, I'm going to go through some, more, some of his other books. So, yeah. So that's book two, though, of uh, yeah. The Wheel of Time. So you got to start with the first book. Yeah, the first one it. is called, yeah. I can't remember. Shit. But the Wheel of Time is a long-ass book. It's Sorry. a huge yeah. series. But yeah, there are like, what, like 13? It was, th the first book was 29 hours in Audible. A little bit more than that. So I don't know how many it's, pages that is, but I I'm going to guess it's, it's got to be at least over 1,000 pages. Well over 1,000. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember my paperback copy. So like standard paperback size is like this thick. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. it's a chunk a book. It's like, but that's that's one piece. in thirteen book series too. So yeah. I mean, it's a, he was writing for a very long time, but it's a very good. It'd be like if Lord of the Rings was able to just keep being like written, like if if Tolkien had continued writing in that world, lots and lots and lots of books. Uh, it's more like that. So it's it's, I, the books are good, but I think that the the series that's coming out on Amazon, I think next month, has the potential to be better than the books. Only because if you've read the books, you know that the, the, he could easily have condensed the, the fucking story. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think hopefully that's what they do in the show is just condense the story down um, to like be way shorter because there's like there's a lot of like really long descriptions of like everything and when they go through some things in the story it's like okay you could have like instead of doing this two or three four times you could have just condensed it into like one instance and then kind of moved on so but it's still a good great story yeah all right ready to get into the first disclaimer so at this point in watching our videos you may or may not know that i am an active duty united states marine and I've been doing this for 20 plus years, so I know that um, it's really important for me to make sure to get this out there. If it's your first time watching this, please stick around and make sure you understand the disclaimer. If you've watched a whole lot of our episodes so far, feel free to go ahead and jump ahead to the new content. Um, so what I need to talk about today is that I am not authorized and have no way of being approved to speak on behalf of the Marine Corps. So any opinion that I give or any concept that I discuss today is the position and the opinion of just me, myself, just a man who has a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in leadership and organizational management and has spent my whole life looking at government structures and social contracts and how these things are supposed to work, what the philosophies and things behind them are, and read a lot of books on that kind of stuff. And It's definitely one of my personal and key passions. And so when you hear me maybe give a position or a concept on something, that is only my own position. I am not a public affairs officer for the Marine Corps. I am in no way giving what the Marine Corps' official position on anything would be. And honestly, a lot of the topics we're going to cover here, I'm pretty sure the Marine Corps doesn't have a particular position on. Um, so if you do have any questions about what the Marine Corps' policy on certain things could be, you can definitely research that and find those out um, or leave a comment or send us a message. 
uh, if you can get a hold of us somehow, we can maybe be able to answer those questions for you. So with that said, let's get you back to this week's content. And now, the meat and potatoes. I do want to add that um, that disclaimer also works for Enrique too. Yes. Same same things apply. So you know the disclaimer. Uh, I think you mentioned. Never mind. Yeah. So basically, talking about these are our own opinions, uh, and stuff like that. So it's not like okay. not we can't speak for the record. It's just us. Yeah. yeah. Enrique speaks for CrossFit, and you speak for Nike, and I speak for a werewolf. I'm just saying. <laughs> I thought it was Bigfoot. I don't know why I thought of that. That's like, where's the Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Because yeah. <laughs> I can only see from here on the screen. So it's yeah. like is that? I actually have the, the kettlebell of this ghost like sitting over there, but it's it's fucking heavy. What shirt do I have? <laughs> oh, I have on my uh, this is the way shirt. This oh. is the way. Mandalorian. I yeah, I don't I don't speak for anyone. You can't officially at least. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna come through and beat you up. They might actually. What? <laughs> come come through and beat you up. You say you're. Speaking on behalf of CrossFit. Oh, like, like, why do you have our logo on that? Yeah. We're going to sue you. Like, yeah. Because no, sure. this <laughs> podcast, which doesn't make any money, made money. It was because it had a CrossFit symbol. Like, <laughs> not, no, like, no, no, that's not that's not the logic. Where we don't talk about CrossFit at all. Well, we could. Maybe we will. I don't know. But probably not in this one. Um, no. Yeah. So let's, let's get into uh, the military and the Marine Corps. Like, why did you guys get into the Marine Corps? What, what made you choose the Marine Corps over the other branches of the military? It's a pretty good question. Do you know? That is a really good question. Um, so growing up, right, uh, my dad always raised me to, to, he told me, whatever you decide to do in life, be the best at it, right? It's like, whatever you choose to do, doesn't matter. Wash cars, Freaking go to space, whatever. Just be the best at it. Space force. So, <laughs> growing up, growing up, space badge. You know, growing up. Uh, you know, I'm, it's probably similar to uh, to all of us. For some reason, the Marines always had that image of just being the best at fucking, you know, whatever combat. You know, being badasses, fighting dragons, with getting swords. the getting the you know getting the best training, getting the best training, having the best uniforms. Best, 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 best is the word, right? So when I started gaining interest in joining the military, what did my dad always tell me? Whatever you choose to do, do the best. That you, you know, be the best at it. So that was kind of part of like why I joined the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps itself. Why I chose to serve, period, you know, um, honestly has to do with the fact that um, growing up, my dad was very appreciative of the opportunity that he was given to come to this country and provide a better future for his children and his family. Um, and, and, you know, since he was already older, he would always tell me like, you know, I wish I can, I can serve and I can give back to the country, but I'm too old and I can't do it. So I kept that in the back of my mind all the time. So that was also part of why I joined. I said, I'm going to give back to this country uh, in, on behalf of my father. And on behalf of my mother, on behalf of them who were given the opportunity to come here and provide me an education, provide me a better future, provide me a safer environment to grow up in and, and you know, compared to where we came from. And well, then that's a whole other story because I'm actually I was actually born here, but we were 
kind of like back and forth between here and Mexico, but I'm going to do it on his behalf. Like I know he really, he really appreciates the opportunity. It may not be perfect, but he appreciates the fact that, you know, he had that opportunity. And so I told him I'm serving for you. So it's funny because when I graduated boot camp, that Eagle Globe and anchor that they give us at the top of the Reaper, uh, you know, in San Diego, I gave that to him. I said, Hey dad, for you. And he still has that. Like, like that Eagle Globe anchor that my drone instructor gave me at the top of the Reaper, I wrapped it up in a handkerchief. Hanker, how do you say handkerchief? handkerchief. And 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 I gave it to him on my on graduation on family day. I said, "Hey, that is for you." So basically, that's what it is: serving, giving back, being appreciative of of the opportunity for my family, the future of our you know our our lineage, basically, right? So my daughter and my grandson. You know, they. I mean. They just keep moving forward, right? So that's my my re, the reason why I joined. And then obviously, throughout my service, I've I've come to appreciate other things like you know just uh, serving and deploying and fighting in combat for you know my brother and sister to the left and the right and all these other things. But initially, it was to give back. Nice. All right, Papa Bear. So. My there is actually a bit of like military history legacy sort of in my family, at least a couple generations back. So my grandfather on my dad's side served in the Navy uh, during World War Two, was in the Navy at the Battle of Okinawa, wow. like survived all of the kamikaze attacks on ships and stuff and was with the fleet that was put put together after completing the Battle of Okinawa that started sailing towards mainland assuming that potentially the next phase of this is a full invasion of mainland Japan, right? So he's moving now with this fleet on that way, like thinking that might be the next stage. Um, so he served in the Navy. Uh, his brother, so like my, oh no, uh, my, so that was my dad's brother. So my uncle served in the Army of Vietnam. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side so not biologically, but the only grandfather I ever knew was my my grandpa, my grandma's like remarried husband. He was a first sergeant in the army, um, so I I had seen it right a lot. So I I'd, I'd heard about it. I I knew that the military service was like a pretty normal thing that people would do, but it was never something I thought I was going to do. Everybody had always told me like I was super smart, like you're going to college, you're the smartest one of us. My grandma used to say you're like four. I was forty since I was fourteen. <laughs> like she would say stuff like that. I'm actually 40 now. Oh, yeah, you are 40. Yeah. I'm um, still 29. But yeah, still 29. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I kind of had this mindset towards going to college to begin with. Um, and, uh, you know, I've talked a little bit about that that weird, rough period in my life. And so right around 13 years old, um, my mom started going, like, off and leaving me and my brother with my grandparents. And then I started seeing issues with the housing, like the house situation and how unsafe it was with my grandparents too, because there was things going on there. So I started getting to where I needed to be away from there more and eventually needed to get me and my brother out of there because it was even going to be more dangerous for us to stay in place where that was. So I started working and uh, I mean, so Washington state law for like to work in a part-time job was 13. So you could, you could actually start working and get a job at 13. So I started working in a cabinet shop, sweeping floors, making money to try to pay for food and stuff for me and my brother to try to stay out of 
my grandparents' house, we would go from like friend to friend to friend to friend's house, staying nights. Like, oh, hey, you guys mind if we just stay the night tonight? Yeah, sure. And just stay the night with a friend just to have somewhere to sleep. Um, every once in a while, I'd have to take him back to my grandparents, so at least he's have someplace safe to sleep. But I, I like, I can't be here and be around it. And so there was a really rough part where I didn't have enough of anything. And I just felt like as I'm looking towards like, and it was getting to where I'm 16, 17 and starting to see like, I, I'm going to have to come to some real, real concrete something at some point. And um, the only recruiters that like were in the high school were Marines. Like the only person who was ever there, like for some reason there, there were plenty of other recruiting stations in the city uh, Vancouver, but like the only ones that ever came and hung out in the in the cafeteria at my high school was Marines, like in his dress blues, seeing them all the time. And I never really, I honestly hadn't thought that I was going to join the military because I figured I was going to college first at least. Um, but when I talked with counselors and I talked with the Marine and I'm like, that's called, this is how much college is going to cost. I'm like, I can't afford fucking food or like a place to sleep. How am I going to afford to go to college? There's not a thing I can do. I was like, I need something to get me past this stage so I can move on to some next thing with my life. And I need some stability. I need some understanding. And so I sat down and talked to him for a while. And I was still, I was still a junior. So I wasn't even able to like actually technically enlist and like sign up for delayed entry program even yet. Like I was too far out, like more than a year, right? Because oh. you can only spend 12 months in the delayed entry program. So I couldn't even technically sign up for delayed entry program at that point. So, so 18 months out, six months beyond the normal 12 months, he signed me up for the reserve program for the delayed entry program, even though I was never planning on joining the reserves. So that at 12 months out, we changed my contract piece and that restarts my time in the delayed entry program for active duty. So I had a pretty savvy recruiter. It was like, well, we could get you back into it too, just so that I could start going to the program and going and doing stuff and starting to have a better understanding of what's going on. He, pulled me into obviously right um but yeah so it was mostly because i was i was scared a little like i didn't know that i could have they're now looking back and knowing more about it right being a little wiser like i definitely had options i definitely had ways i could have made that work um but there was something there had to have been something else about it too because like i know that uh this definitely was the right the right thing for me and it obviously went beyond that first enlistment and ended up meaning more. And I think, I think there were all these images and all these other things that I knew and saw and that Marine in my, in my cap, I almost said chapel, <laughs> that Marine, like in my cafeteria, <laughs> right. That Marine in my cafeteria at high school, like just looking, looking smart in his uniform and like looking like something you're like, I, I could, I, I could do that. And, I could do that. and it's definitely a challenge thing too. I remember him doing that once too. Now that I'm thinking about it being, so I was a, <laughs> I haven't shown you guys pictures yet. You've probably never seen pictures of me in high school. I, I was a fucking punk, man. So I had, like, <laughs> bright colored hair. Like, I had all kinds of weird shit going on. I had piercings. I had all kinds of things. So he, I, I guarantee, I remember at one point, he kind of, like, challenged me. He was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, I, I don't mind sitting here talking to you. It's fine. But you, you couldn't make it anyways. <laughs> Pulled that one. You know, it's like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he could tell I was that kind of person who would take that challenge and like want to be able to prove him wrong because I that he first though built that respect and built that rapport you know so it's like okay I respect your opinion enough to to care and want to be like no I could do that that's not that hard but yeah so it ended up, ended up working for me I guess wow yeah obviously it did I mean you gotta retire 
<laughs> so whenever I want to. Well, if, yeah. you, if you want to go deep down, he's already retired because he's got the documents to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did already retire once. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, my story about the Marine Corps, uh, the reason why I joined the Marine Corps. So when I was in, I I was disenfranchised from school in general after first grade. Um, for some reason, I failed first grade even though I had passing grades and they failed me anyway. I was like, that's fucking weird. So after first grade, I didn't really care about school anymore. So all throughout like second grade going on, I didn't, I didn't care about doing homework. Uh, the only thing I cared about was like tests. Like I would score well on tests, but I would never do any homework. I wouldn't really pay attention that much in class. Um, I just, I, I didn't care. And when I started to like get into my late teens, I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> so I remember I was I think I was 17 maybe 18 and I got I was a junior and I got like a letter in the mail addressed to me which is odd because you know when you're a kid you don't get anything addressed to you and it was a letter from the Navy and I was like oh the Navy like you could join the military I sat down and I thought about it I was an athlete at the time and I was like well if I'm gonna join the military why don't you do the hardest one like just do the hardest one <laughs> so yeah it's just like i'm gonna i'm gonna join the marine corps you know like i i don't have any aspirations to keep doing this this school thing because i don't I, I i don't like it and i can't imagine me going through more school like this you know for four more years so that's the reason why i i joined the marine corps and yeah i remember when i first joined like i talked to my recruiters and i, I told them like i sat down i was like hey I want to do computer work because I was like, I, I, I've known what I wanted to do since I was 11 years old. And it's work on computers. It's what I'm good at. I want to keep doing that. So he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And uh, it ended up being that he signed me up for open communications in, in the Marine Corps. So, yeah, he did not sign me up to work on computers in a quote-unquote air-conditioned room. Um, he just signed me up for open communications. And that was my first step into the Marine Corps was just getting screwed and being a radio operator, a basic radio operator, I was like, I remember when I was in boot camp, and they told me like they were, you know, remember how they they, they tell you like what your MS is gonna be, and they said my name, and they said uh, basic radio operator, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I, I literally looked at him, I was like, wait, hold on, I literally stopped the DI, I was like, are you sure? That's not what I signed up for. He's like, yeah, that's what it says. It's what you're gonna do, and I was like, fuck, but. You know, yeah, that's what I ended up doing, but I ended up, like, uh, over a long process, eventually getting to, like, doing what the fuck I wanted to do. But it was, like, very long, very convoluted, and it's why I stayed a, uh, a Lance Corporal for most of my Marine Corps career, because I ended up being an HF guy. And there's, like, at, when I was in the Marine Corps, there was, like, maybe 35 HF guys, and the entire Marine Corps, it, 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 it's probably less than 35 guys. Enrique was one of them, right? Yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was very few. So I had to wait for yeah. somebody to either get kicked out or get promoted for me to get promoted to corporal. And it was just like, and I'm not the meritorious kind of guy. Enrique knows me. Like, I'm not the meritorious kind of guy. I just, I'll do my job. So I'm not going to sit there and go on some board. <laughs> so, so yeah, it kind of sucked. But um, I'm still glad I did it. I really am. Because uh, even though I have problems with uh, the Marine Corps and not the Marine Corps, well, actually no, I do have problems with the Marine Corps. 
I have problems with the Marine Corps. And, like, the way that they, they did me kind of kind of dirty and other people kind of dirty. But uh, I would not be the person I am today without the Marine Corps. 100%. 100%. Well, if you think about it, like, you and I were kind of set up to what we ended up doing, right? So because we ended up going to HFCCOC and it was a discontinued MOS, yeah. you were able to, hey, your MOS doesn't exist anymore. We're just going to have to do this something else. And then you started doing data. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's what that's and what I want to do. I ended up in the same boat. Hey, your your MOS doesn't exist anymore. Go over there and do TechCon. And in reality, I think that was like the best thing that ever happened to either one of us because yeah. I mean we still ended up doing kind of like the things that, that we want to do. Because when I joined or when I talked to the recruiter, I said, Hey, I wanna I wanna work with satellites, right? I wanna be able to work with satellites, satellite terminals and do satellite communications. And my you know, my recruiter was just the same thing. Yeah, yeah, we got you and everything. And you know, when I got to boot camp MCT, they're like Laguna, like you know, uh, what was it, 2531 yeah. radio off. Like, I was like, wait, my recruiter told me I was going to work with SATCOM and, you know, you know, all this stuff. But I mean, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we both kind of ended up, you know, where we were, were really, I guess, what we put out to the universe, right? Yeah. Like, we're working computers, I, because eventually, as a tech controller, I was working hand-in-hand with SATCOM operators. Maybe I wasn't the SATCOM operator, but... I learned and I worked with people who did the transmission stuff, right? So I just think, you know, it, it was it was kind of like a, a, a weird way to get there. But at the end of the at the end of the day, we, we, we still sort of ended up doing what we wanted to do. Maybe not as long as we wanted to, you know, but uh, it's it still kind of got us there just yeah. because we have in a discontinued MOS. Yeah, it, it did work out. Well, I think when... Because you joined, I think, slightly after I joined. You joined in, what, 99? I was, I I was the HFCCO class, HFCCOC class after you. And, and, oh, and, okay. uh, and, uh, so you know Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had Montgomery. We yeah. talked about Montgomery all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was, it was amazing. Cause like, I remember when, so when I went to the fleet and I went to Ninth Com, like, it was, HF was still a thing. And, it was just like, well, this is weird. Like, we have Autodin, but we also have emails. So, like, why the fuck are we doing this? So, it's just like, it was really weird to me. And then eventually they're just like, yeah, we're going to get rid of it. And that's when I think you got to the fleet was when they, like, totally started being like, hey, if you're in this MOS, yeah, so, like. By the time I got to Ninth Com, there were deadline. Yeah. Park in the Pinston area that nobody really. Yeah, that's the, that's the, was it 120 van? Yeah, 120 van. A&T is yeah. Well, we, we don't touch that. Like, oh, okay. Cool. And now and now we're back on a focus on HF and small chat messages. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very weird how that comes around. What, what was weird, one of the cool things, like if you're an HF guy, which probably nobody listening to the podcast is, um, is there could that... be some cool ham. There could be some cool ham operators out there. Yeah. Well, it was, like, it was one of the very few vehicles that could withstand uh, EMP. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, I, I, I did not want to test that. All I knew was that I could like bounce. You know, in the near future, when that third world war comes out, they're gonna be like, "Hey, do we still have those those one twenty vans sitting right here? Yeah. <laughs> the lot somewhere we need to get them out." <laughs> we need to bounce some shit off the ionosphere to like come back around. I thought honestly, yeah. even though I didn't like, you know, radio at all, but like when I got to HF and I got to like literally like bounce signals off the ionosphere and like come, back, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, when I when I get to teach a lot of the like really like th- theoretical and like conceptual stuff that's happening, and then you you know we get to then take that and and especially if you can get them to understand like here's the theoretical, here's how this stuff's supposed to work. Now let's let's go do it, right? Let's go outside, like set this thing up, and like actually talk to someone in Arizona. Let's talk to somebody in Alaska, and then we have one more we're going to try to start doing, which is out to Pennsylvania. Like, let's do that. Like, how do you think that's happening? Like, that's crazy cool stuff, you know? I, I, you see, you see, like that same energy kind of come around. You're like, this kind of sucked. I thought this was terrible, and this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, like when it works, I mean, it's it's really cool. And you know, yeah. it, it got me. Uh, obviously, like HF now is like, it's. How do I say it? It's an appreciated technology. I mean, people still use HF, but it's not. It. I mean, it's not a high quality audio signal. So that's the main reason why most people don't use it. And like passing data over it, is extremely slow. Um, and you have to you, you have to put things in like really low quality settings and like. Take, takes a long time it's, it's not high bandwidth so yeah it's, but it gets primarily there. no there 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 are um so there are new there are new systems that can do a lot more with hf um really voice quality over the last two sets of radios have been actually really good just in a standard hf link anyways okay um but then right now there's um sorry hold on real quick we keep we use a nomenclature that people probably don't understand if you're a civilian HF is high frequency, so let's try to. If we're gonna say like uh, initialism or an acronym, yeah, let's yeah. break down what it means. So now let's go. Yeah, I mean, so with but HF and being high frequency even maybe doesn't necessarily give enough information. So just normal part of the electromagnetic spectrum, the radios you listen to on your FM radio in your car are a part of a specific band, yeah. and each of those bands of frequencies behave, you know, a specific way. And HF has some very unique characteristics where uh, you can talk really, really far with it. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So HF specifically runs from 3 to 30 megahertz. And so there's really only like 30 megahertz worth of total channel size that's available for you to use, right? So there are new systems that can use 20 megahertz worth of channel size. So a very huge HF channel. That's basically all of the frequencies. Yeah. Uh, and do IP. Wow, you can do IP over HF now. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's like reliable. But, yeah, but that means you got to get approved for nearly all of <laughs> HF. Yeah, because like the, tra- the protocol right. you have to use has to be like a super reliable protocol that can um, factor in error rates. So, yeah, because you're going to have some error rates in, in HF. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's still going to be low data rate, but I mean, yeah. it's it's IP. It's still like you can then send an email. Yeah, you can have That's... a regular voice call at sixty four k if you wanted to. So. Right. That I mean, there's no reason to. You can definitely compress it to nine point six, but that would we're getting super nerd on that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but I think one of the other things you guys wanted to talk about, and I mean, I know that we we love talking about our MOSs and stuff, but so we're what, are you going to go to later? Or are we going to still stick at the beginning? Like joining, we did just do join. So we're doing joining. Okay, I didn't want to move to like where we are now, or because I have a that's, that's early. super oh. far ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I have an early story though. I did so like while we were still talking about why we joined, something that somebody said I can't remember who said it made me remember a thing. So I was I was in debt for a long time. So, so I was I. able to hang 
the recruiters with the recruiters and like new Marines would get out and come in or like not new Marines, but like Marines would end their enlistment and come back to the recruiting office and hang out and talk for a while. Um, so th this corporal shows up one day who just got EAS. He just like finished, finished his enlistment. That's end of active end service. Of, yeah, right? there we go. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, you, uh, he, uh, and he shows up and he had his dress blues and he's like, Hey guys, I obviously don't need these anymore. You can give them to somebody who ever wants them. And I'm sitting there like hanging out with the recruiter. I was like, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> They're like, all right, here you go, blue Go ahead. So I have no idea how to wear this or what is appropriate on them, what you're supposed to have, what you're not supposed to have or anything. I wore that shit to my, uh, to my, uh, prom. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh man, you were lucky that nobody did nobody oh, see you. <laughs> Holy fuck! There's not gonna be any Marines there. There's just a bunch of high school students. Yeah. So I was wearing, I was wearing bloodstripe blue trousers, right? Oh man. No rank, no rank on the the shirt at all, on the coat at all. Like it was, I was wearing the the full. I don't know which cover I had. On. It was. I mean, if there are as far any as everybody else listening to this, they're probably just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> But I might, I might as well have been wearing my boots too, like wearing the, the straight Zulu or something like that. But uh, jungles, <laughs> jungles out with blues. But uh, you know what? Everybody at the prom was like, "Oh my god, that looks so good! Like, what are you wearing?" I was like, "Marine Corps dress blues." I guess that you know another another story for me too, where in regards to joining. So when when we were when I was a kid, my cousin who was an Air Force veteran, uh, and I. Yeah, I know. I just recently had to say happy birthday to him, though, mm. so because the Air Force birthday was, you know, I think they're they're 15 years old right now. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> him and I, when we were young kids, for some reason, we were like 14 years old, maybe younger, 13. My dad and my uncle, we were at my uncle's house, his dad's house, and we were watching Full Metal Jacket. Like they were letting him watch Full Metal Jacket at like 13 or whatever. And you know, him, my cousin and I were. We looked at each other like, you know what? We're gonna be Marines. We're we're gonna join the Marine Corps, and we're gonna just gonna be badasses, just like those guys on the movie, and blah blah blah, right? And then we grew up, right? And but when we when he hit eighteen, he joined the Air Force, and I was kind of like, dude, I thought we were gonna join the Marine Corps. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, things changed throughout the years, and I tried college, and just like you, like I don't want to do the school thing anymore, so I'm just. So at 21, I ended up joining the Marine Corps, and I get and ended up giving them shit. Like, dude, I thought what happened, dude? I thought we were gonna join the the Marine Corps, and he's like, Nah, man. I went to the recruiting office, and they said freaking, you know, uh, boot boot camp for Marine Corps is this, boot camp for Army is this, boot camp for the Air Force is this. One. I just, I just went with the shortest one. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get to where I was working. I didn't want to even deal yeah. with that. Man. Yeah. Oh, so that was another thing. that was another thing. I was just trying to one up my cousin. Yeah, the Marine Corps boot camp was uh, that was something else. Like if you think about it, like if you if you could extract yourself out of your body, and then like think about boot camp from like an external view, it's fucking insane. Like if you, if you really think about it, and it's just like I watch people literally go crazy in boot camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had some kid fucking fucking down his entire bottle of pills. I don't know what the heck they had issued him, but this kid, like, they had to, like, evac him because he was like, I'm I'm not staying here down this bottle of pills and try to, you know, kill himself. Yeah. I was like, man, it was it was crazy. Like, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's hard, hard, but it's not. You know Morgan, right? You know Morgan? 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 
Palooza. He's, I think, yes. I introduced you yes. to him. We're friends uh, yeah. on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, so him and I were in boot camp together, and I mean, like, we look back at that, and yeah, man, this is just hectic. It was crazy. And then I also look at it as, like, like when I really look back to it, I, I stop and think. I'm like, boot camp was probably, like, the funniest place that I've ever been to where I'm not allowed to laugh. Yep, I was the same way. Yeah, because there was so much funny shit. I was just like, yeah. dude. <laughs> I mean, there was some crazy shit going on, right? And I remember a lot of stuff that just fucking happened, and it's like, you know, people just probably wouldn't believe it, and maybe – you know, if shit ha- like that happened in today's Marine uh, boot camp, which I don't know if it does or it doesn't, you probably get a lot of people in trouble. But like, there was just so much funny shit that I, I, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I can, I can't forget it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I remember just like watching a guy. I literally watched a guy that I was going through. So you know when you first go to the, it's like the night before you actually go to boot camp and you stay in the hotel. What is that called? It, it, we went through maps together. We went through maps together. Maps, maps, yeah. And uh, it was this Mexican dude. I think his last name was Rodriguez, and he was like, a, he's a cool dude. Yeah, everybody in the Marine Corps is Mexicans. Last name is Rodriguez. Well, except or... for you, right? Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, it was like, seemed like a totally like cool dude, and like I just I watched this guy go from like a normal person to like just breaking, like, and he 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 um he graduated boot camp. But, like, I watched him break when he was just, like, we were doing, it, I remember when, it was when we were doing the fucking, uh, the scuzz brush thing of, like, going back online and, like, like cleaning. We had to do it, like, yeah, like, we had to do it over and over again. And it was, like, probably 50 fucking times. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I know. It was <laughs> and it was, like, literally just scrubbing the goddamn floors uh, with the goddamn tiny-ass brush. That's, like, if you're watching the podcast, like, literally the width of, like, my two fists and, like, just scrubbing the goddamn floors. And we had to do it so many times, and like I literally watched this guy break, and it was just like, well, fuck it, you know. Just he would just start talking to himself, and I was just like, dude, he just fucking broke. And I was just like, and after that, he like got into a fight, but he he calmed down. But that scuzz brush thing of like just cleaning the floors that many times just broke him. And a bunch of other guys were just like, it like you watch people break. And I've had like, yeah. I was close. Almost, honestly, I'm like the the. So when you go to boot camp. You know how when you first get there and you have like the the temp DIs and then you yeah. meet your real DIs? Yeah. So when you meet your real DIs, I think it's like a week, it's like a couple days or a week afterwards or whatever. And I met the real DIs and we're and you have to sit there, you know, left hand, left left hand, left knee, right hand, right knee, or whatever. Like you have to sit Indian style basically. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know what they, the proper term for it is today. Cross legged. You have to sit cross legged. Yeah. If, if, but if I sit cross legged, if, if one of my legs, I think it's my right leg, if it's over my left leg, my right leg loses all, uh, eventually will lose all uh, circulation. Yeah. yeah. So we were sitting there and listening to this dude, like, you know, talk to us about boot camp, a DI, for like an hour or more. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to do anything. And my leg just went totally dead. And then I stood up and I heard a pop. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Get online. Get online. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to get online. I'm going to run in front of my rack, which is a bed, a bunk bed. So as I start running, I hear a pop, pop. I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? And I look down, and my foot is, like, totally underneath my leg. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I just fucked my ankle up, but I can't feel it yet, so whatever. So I get online, and eventually the blood starts circulating, and I feel the pain. And the pain was so fucking bad, dude. And I was just like... And right then, I remember when I went to boot... 
right before I went to boot camp, I was like, if I join the Marine Corps, if anything happens wrong, I'm just going to quit. I'm like, I'm not going to get any other chances. Like, if anything happens that's wrong, I'm just, I'm done. And I remember sitting there thinking, how bad is this injury? Are you just going to quit? I was like, you know what? You can, you can survive. Like, it's bad, but you, you could probably just fucking tough it out. And I just... I just toughed it out. <laughs> so my ankle was probably fucking broken, but I just toughed it but out. I mean, I know that we all had that moment, that oh shit moment. Like, what did I get myself into? Like, when, yeah. when did you have that? Like, when you arrived there? Because obviously, like, when you're at MAPS and all that, like, I honestly wasn't. But when I got there, like, I think when I was in the holding with the temporary instructors, like, the night before we got dropped to our real instructors, I laid there. And I literally, that was the moment when I was like, what the fuck did yeah. I get myself into? Even though I didn't go through like the, the, the Black Friday that we call, right? Where it's like your your, your new drone structures just destroy the entire bay. Yeah. And like oh whatever. Even though I still haven't gotten to that, I knew that I was trapped. Like that was my mentality. Like what did I just get myself into? So like when did you guys have that? Like So I spent so long in the depth, these dudes talked to me nonstop about it. Like I kinda knew what was coming. I kinda had almost all of these moments like prepped ahead of time. I even was kind of like I did some shit that I knew was going to piss the drill instructors off intentionally. <laughs> I already knew some of these things, right? So, um, so like, okay, so I had a lot of big piercings. So I took my piercings out ahead of time, whatever. And I knew they were just going to be upset about the fact that I looked like I could still wear earrings or wear my lip ring or whatever. Uh, but I also dyed my hair all the time, right? So I made sure to freshly bleach and dye my hair <laughs> as bright a fucking red as I possibly could. So that when they shaved my head, oh, it didn't matter. That shit was still bright red. So they... They just were tearing. I was like, I knew this was. I I brought it on myself yeah. on almost all occasions, <laughs> and so like I was kind of asking for it because I was like, remember I was like <laughs> trying to like, I can do this. I'm gonna make it even harder. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna make it harder than you thought it was gonna be. That's what I'm gonna do. But um, that was part of it. But my grandma knew a lot of stuff too because like I said, her husband was a first sergeant in the army. So I turned 19 while I was in boot camp. So she sent me a birthday card oh, while I was in no. It was six and a half feet tall. <laughs> she sent me a giant, giant Bugs Bunny birthday card for my 19th birthday. Huge, huge birthday card that they made me stand up there and read. To the I was like, this is embarrassing. But I learned, I learned some of these tricks too. And so I would like, whenever anybody else I knew would go, you'd send stuff. One of the guys in my squad got like... I uh, got a letter from his brother who was a Marine and like a corporal or something. And it's, it was all done. And then like the back of it said, drill instructors suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, Oh, Oh really? Get up here right now. Uh, there was only one moment where like I lost my shit and I was head scribe um, because I had some college classes through high school and done some other stuff, trying to kind of get ready for it and just realized this is not going to work. Yeah. I know how to write good. And I had clear handwriting, right? I had some of a couple of things because when we all went to boot camp, you fucking hand wrote everything. These guys all type everything up now. Like they're all type. Yeah, there's like they do all their rosters. All this stuff is typed, not handwritten. So, wow. so like I'm, they're like, hey, I need like nine blood rosters for tomorrow. That means me and the other three scribes are gonna sit at this little stupid desk at the front of the thing when y'all go to sleep and write these stupid things over and over and over again to make sure that the drill instructors have copies of the rosters. So they would do that all the time. That was fine. That's just normal dumb shit. I'm tired all the time. Whatever. Like he put me on the quarter deck for not having enough of whatever we needed to finish because we just it was impossible to finish that much stuff. 
so getting put on the quarter deck means we all go up there and we're going to like be told to exercise for a while until you usually just are tired. So then I'm up there sweating, freaking doing my own, like my, whatever we're going to do while we're on the quarter deck for probably 20, 30 minutes. And it gets sent back. Okay. Go finish whatever I was supposed to be working on. And I'm like, okay, grab my like canteen, drink some water and walk back over there, sit back down to, to work on these rosters. I'm supposed to be making. And he was like, Hey, Blue, get back on the court deck. I was like, what the fuck? I like threw the goddamn <laughs> thing. I just came off the court deck. What the fuck? He's like, oh, over the fuck over here right now. Probably just made that worse. Yeah, getting uh, getting it can uh, it can wear on you. It is a uh, intensive training. I'm pretty sure that's what it means, right? It's been a, yeah, it's been a minute. Incentive training. Oh, it's incentive yeah. training. Okay. Yeah. It's but it's incentives for you to not fuck up again, which is when yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when he says getting quarter decked, it's it's getting out you. So usually, right? That's usually what it is. And it's just yeah. you can get it in quarter deck for like the most minimal fucking things. Like people yeah. don't people that have never never been in the Marine Corps, <clears throat> you have to ask permission to speak. Yes. And you can't say I. You know this recruit, this recruit requests permission to speak. Just imagine yeah. you have to you have to take a piss, all right, and you have oh. to ask permission to speak before to you ask. can ask if you can take a piss, and it's just like people don't understand. Like you could be in a dire emergency of like pissing your pants, and like having to ask permission to speak first, and then yeah. having to ask if you can use the bathroom. It's just like fuck. You have to pass two tests just to take a piss. Right. <laughs> Like, so it would sound so it would sound something like this. This recruit requests permission to speak to see the drill instructor Staff Sergeant Jones. What do you want, recruit? This recruit want? requests permission to go use the head, which the head is oh, the bathroom. The head, yeah. sir. Yes. Oh, really? Say toilet. What? Too. What? <laughs> Why do you need to go? Do you really need to go? Yeah, this recruit requests to go to the head. It's an emergency, sir. Oh, really? It's an emergency. I better hear sirens while you're on the way there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will fuck with you bad, especially when uh, this is why my whole goal in the Marine Corps, like especially in boot camp, in boot camp, not not the whole Marine Corps, in boot camp was just like, don't poke your head up too high. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to be a goddamn guide. I'm not trying to be a fucking leader of anything. I just want to get through goddamn boot camp. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the, of the mind. So there's a so. We like doing this long enough. You talk to other drone instructors, like once you kind of get past all this too, and like, so they call those gray marines. So it's it's that marine that like when you're at graduation as a drone instructor, you go, "Who, was Who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be that guy. <laughs> so you're like, oh, "This marine is in the Bible too." I don't yeah. even recognize your face, marine. Like, what? good job. <laughs> like, yeah. you managed to just be like, "I'm just gonna do yeah. all the things and not even get seen." Somehow. And it's funny. I remember like we had to, when we we're doing like some sort of testing. And it was like, uh, I forget what fucking test it was, but basically they decided to get rid of all, like, the guide and all the, uh, what are the other guys' names that were, like, the head people? Squad leaders? Yeah, squad leaders. They're like, fuck these guys. We're going to have all new squad leaders. If you pass this test, you're going to be a squad leader. And I remember I missed one question, but it was a question where I was just like, I'm scoring too high. So, because I was getting all of them right, and I was like, I'm not going to get, like, I'm not going to get 100%. If we get number percent. I don't want to fucking leave these people. <laughs> I don't want to leave these people. So, yeah, I think people that that want to be in positions of power, 
Um, some of the, probably most of the time, they're they're problematic people. <laughs> so. Yeah, I liked it. I'm glad that you phrased it that way, right? As most of the time, because yeah, not all the time. Because some some people, and and I'm definitely not, you know, defending myself. Uh, <laughs> I am absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, see see things that need to be changed, and understand that the only way to potentially affect change is to be able to be in a position to actually affect that change. So that's yes. that's like why I do a lot of what I do. Hold on, real quick though. That's not happening in boot camp. That that can happen now as a senior marine, but a boot camp, you ain't changing shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You, know you, do, you know what you can do, and this was this was what I realized talking to you. So being described, like I'm not in a position of authority. I just have a whole. Lot of, I like have the opposite. Like, yeah. Actually, I have all of the all of the shit parts of it, and none of the good parts of nothing. Yeah, like, that's why I didn't I do anything had, like that. <laughs> definitely had attention. Like you know who these people are. But then also, I'm not like actually in charge of anything at all. Like, yeah. But the, a couple of our squad leaders were definitely good at, um, like, kind of shielding some of the stuff from the other parts of their squad, and would take on the extra time in IT, or you know, would make sure that they would not get themselves into those spots. So um, we had a couple, a couple of good bootcamp squad leaders who like were there, and actually did a good job taking care of their squads. One of my one of my squad leaders was like a, a Marine ROTC guy. He'd done like ROTC ROTC oh, all through high school. All right, that's like was he good? Had trained in it in high school. So he had a problem though. He was really good. He had the right mindset. But like you guys might have actually done this. So prior to that, it was sir, yes, sir. Right? You always started with sir and ended with sir. Mm-hmm. That shit stopped while we were there. It was just yes, sir. Aye, sir. Like you didn't say sir before and sir after. Huh. In 2000, they changed okay. it. He went through ROTC with that, so he's been <laughs> drilled like three years. He kept getting just like like straight sir, sir, it's not a fucking sir sandwich. What the hell? Like he would, oh, he would just get. He's like, ah, I can't not do it. I've been training like this for years. He was ready to come to boot camp, and yeah, no, he got lost. <laughs> yeah, but he was a good. He cared, and yeah, it's uh, it's hard to let go of like learned behavior. Especially oh, yeah. in in those extreme, because it, it, when you go to like Marine Corps boot camp, it's fucking extreme. It's so, extreme. I think like it, it's yeah. it's the legit most difficult boot camp uh, of any of the branches. Uh, you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, c- come fight me, I guess. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. it is. It's it's the longest and it's the hardest. Like they they don't they don't fuck around. They know how to fuck with people and they know how to uh, to break people and. They uh, they do a good job about it. I mean, it's the reason why we you know we're we're one of the most feared military forces in the world because the Marine Corps boot camp is is top notch. <laughs> so, so like the proof the proof that that is true is just in one simple fact. If you attend Marine Corps boot camp, EAS from your first term, and want to join a different service, no other service will require you to attend their their initial training. You just go to service they accept that whatever you did over there is way harder than what we're going to ever do to you so you're welcome to the army welcome to the navy we'll just get you to your school like your new training stuff but if you go from any other service to any other service or to the marine corps you have to conduct their actual initial training i have to give a yes but yes but so yes everything you just said is 100 percent correct you don't have to go to the boot camp again but 
if you want to join one of those other services, they are super discriminatory on what job or MOS, whatever they call it, the MOS in a different. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not only that, but also uh, there's a there's a waiting period to yes. find someone. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you just want the Marine Corps? Uh, we want to make sure that you're not like a complete psycho. So before you join us, you're going to have to wait uh, a year or six months or whatever. I, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, you can join us. But uh, let's, let's wait and see and make sure that you're, 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 you're you know, mentally capable of joining, to calming your ass down before you come to us. This is no It happened to me. Because, like, I, when I first got into, like, the corporate world and I saw, like, I was getting backstabbed, I was like, you know what? Maybe the corporate world is not for me. Like, let me get back into the military. I was like, you know what? Let me just pick the Air Force. So I already went through the Marine Corps. I didn't have a – I didn't enjoy myself as much as I thought I was going to at the time. Um, and I was like, all right, let's uh, see what the Air Force has to offer. So I talked to the Air Force recruiter, and they were like, okay, so you've been out for, like, six months or I think it was, like, a year. I was eligible, but they're like, all right, but – for a marine that's been out for this long, you can only do you can only be a PJ or special forces. I was like, bitch, I'm a fucking computer guy. I was like, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can shoot, yeah, but I mean, I'd rather not. <laughs> so can I just do some computer shit? And he was like, nah, you can be a PJ or special forces. I was like, you motherfucker, man. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, PJs I mean, are cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Maybe because you know. uh they know that you probably have the mental capacity and physical ability yeah. to handle that, and they probably are in need of, of, of people capable capable of yeah, doing that. Because yeah. I mean, within the within the Air Force, not to speak badly about the Air Force, but like I said, I always talk oh, shit can. to my cousin. I mean, yeah, we can. Uh, maybe they just don't have enough people going to do that. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh... it's, it's, it's I mean, yeah, it's tough. But I mean, either way, I have a lot of Marines that uh, that used to work for me. And I, or I work with that have gone to either the army or the air force and uh, I mean, very successful. They are very, they're they in, in leadership positions that, that, you know, um, that they've told me that the reason why they're there is because they stand out like automatically Marines just have that, especially if, if you still want to continue service in another branch, they still have that, that pride, that drive initiative of just like doing good, you know, doing great. So, uh, space, I, I, yeah. space Force still won't let me join them, though. Yeah. You see the uniforms? No. It's super, I mean, actually, yeah, I think I have, yeah. It's when, super, they, when they look like Galactica or whatever that, that, uh, that show is. Or it, like, it's, it's, it's very Battlestar Galactica meets uh, Star Trek. And I'm surprised. That they, I mean, they've already gotten sued for the logo. So I'm surprised that they keep, they're keeping the logo because it's very uh, Star Trek-esque. Mm -hmm. So I, I honestly I don't know why the fuck we even have a space force because we have small war, um, so I don't I don't understand the point of, of space force at all. I don't, I don't get it. Do you guys get it? Like, shed some light on me if you guys get it. I've never I've never really an interest in, but he's a space guy, so yeah. maybe he's got something. He I have, I have my I wear my space badge on my camis. <laughs> underneath my pocket because yeah. they won't let us hear it on it as like a normal set of wings because marines are very very limited in the number of things that pieces, we are pieces of on our yeah 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 <laughs> we can't we can't wait like if, if we if we earn something from a different branch or a different uh, uh you know whatever specialty we're not allowed to wear it so for example i was awarded the army achievement medal when i was in japan 
or stuff that I did for the army out there. But since I wasn't attached to them, I'm not allowed to wear it. Hmm. He's got, I mean, you can explain it, like the Space Wings thing. Right. So there are certain qualifications, both with the Air Force, Space Force, and with the Army, that if you conduct certain training and do certain jobs and serve in a certain role, then you earn qualifications within like space operations and the basic space operator badge like i've done everything possible to earn that and and plenty more but the marine corps just doesn't have anything equivalent like tying tying them directly to it so if i look at the army's program like i've, I've already qualified for it and so i actually i was just talking oh sorry i just hit the crap out of that um so i'm i'm looking at actually just going through the process since the marine corps doesn't have one right now to apply to earn it with an army certificate like hey army just i've done your thing right uh but either way i know i've done it and i'm i'm me and i'm a belligerent asshole so underneath what, what chief warrant officer is it? right so underneath my like pocket on my left side right underneath where i would wear it if it was approved to wear a uniform i put on the inside of the pocket i wear my like space operations badge and i just like wow. fold the pocket over top of it so huh. you can't see it you don't ever see it when i'm in uniform but i know that it's there and any other space dude who I like hang out with every once in a while, I see him at work or manage to be able to, I like show up. Like I got my space badge. I mean, honestly, I was kind of ashamed, even though I talked shit about the space force. Yeah. But it would have been cool. Sure. If, it would be really cool to be a space marine, so I can fight for the Imperium. I'm just saying that's a great Warhammer Forty Thousand joke. I'm just saying. So I, I honestly like I was gonna try, and you know I take on way too many stupid huge projects, and I, my plan for this year was actually to make a full like costume like for halloween for Warhammer? obviously yeah <laughs> obviously way too close there's no way i'm gonna get that done in time i'm also still behind on building my my lego spaceship so I, i'm gonna focus on the spaceship like space marine will have to be next year yeah um also building an arcade cabinet at the same time so uh, too many things i can't i can't take on another project um but i i i think so there's the problem is that uh without having a space force right as it's specifically defined um there's not enough emphasis amongst the other components the air force did okay with it but there is obviously like a separation between the two responsibilities we let air force handle space for a long time mm -hmm. because it took like rockets which the air force also had to put things in space uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it shouldn't necessarily be a separate defined component and capability. So it'd be the same thing as like, if we took it back the way it was before, had an army and a Navy and the, the army air Corps still existed. Like why, why would that need to not be the way it is? Well, you know, we understood at the time, the air power requirement is a completely separate requirement. Like man, like having air superiority specifically in any theater means something different than having land ground superiority or having, like naval uh oceanic or water spirit like naval superiority, naval right? superiority so once you have that it means different things like so as soon as i have air superiority i can do certain things as soon as i have ground superiority i can do certain things the same needs to apply with space if i have space superiority in a specific theater i can now do certain things that i can't do in other spaces so because we can define those kinds of um capabilities, I guess, within a specific AO, it makes it make sense. Like there should be someone specifically responsible for being the primary uh, management function within the DOD for that like theater. So Marine Corps doesn't do 
anything exclusively. That's kind of where we are niche and are unique is that our job is to be small version of all of those things and integrate with all of the components. So that's why we need to shift in emphasis and, and improve in our space operations capabilities because Space Force is new and is a whole new theater of things where we're saying that's got to be a focused um, area of effects, sort of, if you want to call it that. So if we have air components, we have ground components, we integrate with the Navy, like we really need to be integrating with Space Force more. Well, well, hold on. So this is the problem that I that I have, is that we already have yeah. Spa War. All right, so it's what space, is Spa War doing then? Space and Naval Warfare. But they changed the name, obviously, after they announced Space Force to Nav War. Because yeah. So now it's more naval based, but we already literally had an entire. It wasn't a branch, but it was. Um, it was a. It was a division of all branches of the military, not just the navy and the marine corps and civilians that worked on space and naval warfare, and it's based in San Diego. So I never understood mm -hmm. why, and it was like twelve thousand people, and it it literally already existed. Why wouldn't they have just taken that money and just like funneled more into that? and not just created a whole new thing and like i don't i don't understand the point of space force right now so like we don't have any infrastructure for space force they're, they're, we're not building any sort of like spaceships for space force we're not building any sort of is there a boot camp for space force no is there uh there literally anything that has to do with the military doesn't really seem to apply with Space Force. I think there, I think there is now, like a, a basic training. Basic training, because no one else calls it boot camp. Only Marine Corps calls it boot camp. Well, okay, basic uh, training. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think there is now basic training. They're allowing. Uh, there is like entry level recruiting, but that's because up to this point, it's been primarily first year was Air Force only um, transfer over to Space Force. Mm -hmm. And then the second year of their like initiation sort of setup kind of thing for the Space Force was other DOD component cross service. What's mm -hmm. up? I was looking up Space Force Bootcamp or basic training. Sorry. I will explain after you talk. Yeah. Is it like two weeks? <laughs> no, two weeks. A little bit longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, as long as it's still, it's got to be less than the Air Force though. I think it might be the least of every year. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Air Force finally has something yeah, yeah. that they can say now, they're hard Now your cousin has a yeah, service you should yeah. join. He can, he can talk shit to them now. <laughs> I... But, but if, so like, I mean. <laughs> we don't. It's silly. We it, don't have dumb. things that do things in space that will support war. That's the weird uh, thing. Like, so. I mean, yes, we, we, have, we have satellites and we, satellites support our networks and, and they're in space. And I have, mean, if. If you have an enemy that's controlling space, which then jeopardizes our capability of accessing our satellites, which control our networks, then they have space superiority. Yeah, yeah but we have nothing to... That, that's the problem, though, is that... So think I mean, about... Like like when, if, we had, if we had things in the ocean that were supporting our networks, mm -hmm. right? We didn't have a Navy, right? Then we don't have we don't have naval superiority. So now our... And I'm just using this as a, as a, as a comparison... Yeah. You know, and somebody else comes out there and takes naval naval superiority over the the, uh, the area in which, you know, we have towers or repeaters or whatever that are supporting our networks. Now that's now you now you're jeopardizing our ability to fight wars, on in the water. So it's it's similar to you know space now. So everything's moving out into space. There is there is no like everything right now, right is is like supported by some type of of satellite 
some type of, of, of network that requires us to use satellites. And at the end of the day, if somebody else controls space, we're not going to be able to put satellites up in space to, to support that. But we don't, we don't, okay. So let me just, first of all, I'm going to tell you how long Space Force Boot Camp is. It's seven and a half weeks. Well, is it, that it might be longer than Air Force, actually. Maybe, I don't know. And it's, it, obviously it's not very large right now. But Air Force can um, never win. No, they always <laughs> Uh, the, the other issue is that we we still don't have um, anything to really support our defense in space. So when you look at like all of the other military branches, like we already had things that could defend those things. So when you talk about like the army, we already had like guns and shit to support the army. You talk about the navy, we already had ships, you know, to basically move around. That's I mean, the so ocean. but in for a space force, we have zero spaceships that are designed to be in space for any long period of time. Like, we, we, we've literally, we skipped a step, a very important one. If you're going to have a space force, where the fuck do you put them? So, so I think you're going, you're thinking sci-fi on this, and it's not sci-fi. So the, the goal is not to fight in space. It's, it's to use, so space resources right now are primarily in support of other operations, right? That's pretty mm-hmm. much what all of it. So there are, there are like eight different functions within space operations, and all of those are in some way designed to support other things, except for a couple. So one of those is just space control itself. So that's the ability to manage and update and change satellites themselves or whatever. Yeah. So the ability to do that is done through a dude sitting at a, or, or chick, sitting at a computer, sending a file to a, com- a satellite, right? So that means there's a cyber element to the access to those things. So the defense of the ability to continue to control those satellites is the defense element of those satellites and the access and the control of those satellites itself and the power and the resource that it provides. Um, And obviously, without getting into classified discussions, there are other aspects of space operations itself that support operations in different ways and each of those needs to be managed and maintained and controlled in order to ensure that other things can happen so think about it this way so yeah so we talk about seizing seizing land in support of war right so if if we're going to take over a certain portion of land you have two ways you can do that either you're already connected to that land by your land so that you can just march over there with an army or you need to use naval operations in order to put land forces on that space. Yeah. Ideally, you would be smart and you would use naval projection to then project air power to gain, gain naval superiority and air superiority in order to then put land forces ashore so you can gain land superiority. What's up? Sorry, my I'm, my girlfriend was texting me about my daughter. No, you're good. I yeah, just wanted I'm, to make I'm, sure. I'm, I'm still listening. Yeah. Dropping out. Sorry, something. she was okay. getting a little sick, so yeah. Very good. Sometimes when you look down like that, I think, "Oh crap! Did we just like start dropping out?" No, like, no, and you're checking Sorry. the settings. Or I was like, yeah. she started kindergarten this week, and she's a little sick right now, yeah. so yeah, she's asking me about wet wipes. So there you go. I wasn't just bullshitting. <laughs> no, 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 I thought I I couldn't see what you were doing, and most of the time, especially right now, while I'm like very very poorly connected. Yeah. I thought maybe you were checking. Like a setting or something like, oh crap! I can't, I can't hear him. I can't see him. I can't. Couldn't something. I was like, oh, we're we're dropping out again. Or no, 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 I got you. You're talking about air superiority, and you're gonna correlate that to probably space, because 
Yeah, it, so it's just all, right? So all elements of that allow for us to project power better, right? And be, be more efficient, be more lethal when you're doing so. And so space has the ability to provide a lot of additional capabilities, just like having air superiority, uh, just like having na uh, naval superiority so that you can establish that land superiority and gain territory or whatever else your objectives potentially are for that conflict. And if we don't like really kind of, it's, it's words, you know, and it's like actions. It's saying, this is important. We need to have some people who are really focused on thinking about that. Um, that's really what it's about, I guess. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I still, I, I'd like to go back to just, I mean, we already had a branch. It wasn't really, it wasn't a branch. We already had a group. So Star Wars, Star Wars is a civilian entity which mainly focused on research and development, uh, on communications, cyber security, uh, encryption. Yeah. Uh, so in reality, it didn't really have much to do with space. I mean, other than the fact that there was also support, it, they also supported satellite communications. I mean, that, that was, mean, but that was also what, you know, Papa Bear was just talking about is like, you don't have to actually have all those things. It's just making sure that they're, you know, that we can secure these things. And honestly, like, I just, it's just difficult for me to like really wrap my head around making a whole new branch for this specific thing. Like it just, it's when I don't even think as a, the human race in general, we're not, we're, we're barely space worthy. Like we, yeah, we've been to, you know, Mars, you've been to the moon, but we're not really, and we have satellites around, you know, earth, but I don't and think Mars. we're prepared. Well, yeah, we and around Mars, but we don't, we're not really prepared to like, logistically like do these things it's like make a whole branch like i don't think that, that these force is intended for us to go and try and conquer other planets and conquer I'm other not even conquering right or, or anything i think it's just defending ourselves before anybody else takes advantage of the fact that if you go up in space you can literally land forces so much quicker than you can now with airplanes or or with or, or with airplanes or ships from one point of the earth to the other like if you if if you think about it, if if you have space superiority and you actually reach the technology to where you can take troops and push them just push them up into space as the Earth rotates, you can land forces so much quicker on somebody else's territory before they even notice it. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if if that capability eventually becomes a reality, because you know, a lot of the things that we have today were either sci-fi or things that people couldn't think that we would ever reach today. So the, knowing that being able to, to just launch something into space for an hour, right, with, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying it's, 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 it's in the near future, but you have, you know, a thousand troops in some type of ship that you just punch up into space and then wait till the Earth rotates. And an hour later, you're in, you're in like some foreign land attacking somebody. That's a capability. And that's something that people can actually capitalize on and, and, and evolve to the point where, like, one day somebody's going to have that control in, in space. Well, I mean, we already have the capabilities. We already have that now. I mean, like you can do like what I think it's called scramjets. Like, so you can you can do that now. And yeah. But the space force has zero capabilities to stop any of that right now. I guess we can give it time to like develop these things, but I think there are things that Maybe could have been developed have by. Us, but, but do the same. Do that. Do that ourselves. Well, I think you know our our current militaries could have like our branches could have done that like easily. I mean, I don't understand why we needed a whole new branch for this. 
And the, I mean, in the army, the army could have just kept the air force. Like the navy didn't need to make the marine or allow the marine corps yeah, to exist because there's already a land force. But there are reasons we, you know, it functions how it is. It it, it shows emphasis for one, right? It shows that this is an important thing, important enough to dedicate an entire force to it. So air force exists because there needs to be a specific focus on being able to establish air superiority in any, any major conflict. Well, okay, so let me let me backtrack a little bit. It'd be like saying when the advent, advent of the internet was came around that we needed a whole separate cyber like military when every single yes. branch has their own cyber division. Like Yes. So, so a a cyber force is not a bad idea. It's I mean it's not a it hmm. We, but every every single one of the branches has their own way of doing things, and we collaborate as well, because we should they on different things. Yeah, yeah we having broader, definitely having collaborate. A broader, having a broader cyber surface is a good idea. Having a broader one, a broader cyber surface with more more points at which it could be attacked, instead of consolidating having one cyber force that's completely responsible for all DoD network establishment and cyber defense. Wouldn't it be more no, defended? I, I don't think that, uh, especially the way that it, we're going to get into the weeds here, but the yeah, way we that, have our, that our current military deals with the civilian uh, IT infrastructure in general, they do a terrible job at it. And so, if, if, if your if your idea is to have a cyber force to like better integrate that, then you do integration. Like it's not even really touching the problem. The problem isn't necessarily the military. The problem is, or even consolidation. The problem is that. The civilian population, the civilian companies that innovate all these IT solutions, they're not willing to work with the military. And in, until the military solves those problems, it's never going to yeah. be, it's always going to be an issue. But they're not, yeah. so you can't just make a, a new division and be like, we're going to solve this by making the cyber force because you're not actually addressing the problem. Yeah, because he brings that up in Kill Chain, right? Yeah, and, I, that, and that's obviously I'm on the other side of the fence of like being in IT, and I, I can see where people are hesitant uh, to deal with the military because when you don't necessarily agree with the people that you're giving your products to, um, like say if you know, I give a I give a vague example. If you make chips, if you're X company, if your company X, company X makes uh, chips for a certain thing. And the military uses Company X's chips to make bombs, to drop bombs on wherever. Or to use Company X's chips to better use GPS technology to identify targets. But Company X doesn't have the ability to tell uh, the military where those, who those targets should be. And if they make a mistake, like, they're still kind of culpable. Like, they're still going to say Company X's chips were used to bomb wherever, and that's going to be an issue for Company X. And that's until the military can heal that divide. There's always going to be a huge divide between the civilian companies and the military. And nobody's really addressing that. True that. And that's yeah, you're not going to argue on that. We both, we all read like Kill Chain. We're like, yeah, yeah, something needs to be done. I don't know what the solution is. I don't think any of us do necessarily know, like, how do we cross that boundary or like really fix that part of it well i mean um, there's a solution for me but it's not it's not a comfortable solution for especially for the military you know it's 
we have to uh, be way more uh, selective on who we decide to kill and like how much intel we have when we decide to you know actually kill people I mean we just had you know a couple of weeks ago was it like two three two maybe three weeks ago where we pulled out of Afghanistan and then we dropped a fucking drone strike and a bunch of civilians got killed mm-hmm. and it's just like what do you say to the civilian population like there, there's there's no you can't sugarcoat that you know what I mean it's like you, you told us we pulled out and then you dropped bombs and you killed the wrong people it's just like that's a bad look and, and that's why there's a divide between the military and IT companies especially in you know technology companies in general yeah and I mean, I know your example was very, like, intended to, to convey the whole concept and thinking about it, like, no one's going to know that some specific microchip was used, but yeah. it, it, by tying yourself to it, shit, who cares if anybody else knows? Like, if I know, yeah, as this Intel, like, this microchip manufacturer, that I sold those products and those products led to that very specific event, I might be, I'm done with that. I'm not doing that anymore. I can't, I can't live with the level of, you know, uh, detail being uh, used in order to then use these things. And, and knowing that I'm a part of that, I can't, I can't be a part of that anymore. I'll, I mean, I'll find another I mean, way. I'll I mean, find another way to make back that little bit of money. And I mean, you're, you as, as a company that sells X product to yeah. the government to do whatever tasks they're going to do, you know, you, you obviously designed that thing to work a certain way. You put it on somebody else's hands. There's always human error. And I'm not putting up an excuse for anything because I mean, there's no excuse for killing innocent civilians whatsoever for anything. But, you know, uh, we, we, always, we always, especially like when, when I get to places, right, and I say, and I see things that are wrong, and I, just, and I ask, who the fuck decided that we should do things this way? It was somebody else's decision that at the time it may have made sense for whatever purpose or whatever reason. You give your your product to somebody, and at that moment, at that time, for some reason that I don't know, nobody else knows or whatever, somebody decides to use it, they make a mistake, it made sense to them, and innocent people are killed. And I'm not saying it's okay. It's horrible. Like I don't, I, I never, I don't agree with that happening either. But there's just so many things that you, there, that you just have no control over once yeah. you hand whatever product you have to somebody else. Because obviously you're a company that designs something that's innovative, that is, is going to help, you know, whether it's to kill bad guys, because that's the intent. I want to help the military yeah. catch the real bad guys and, and actually go after them. Once you put it in their hands, it's like, what can you really do? You know, I mean, human error is there and we're always going to have it and, and it's going to be a horrible thing. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, do you remember uh, Chief Officer Corbell? Oh, shit, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Hey, what do you say after 9-11? If they wouldn't have invented the goddamn airplanes, nobody would have crashed them into the goddamn buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Definitely so, I mean... Yeah. Hey, you know what? In that case, we wouldn't have to worry about having an Air Force. <laughs> yeah. Nobody <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, you know, uh, you're right. I mean... Yeah, it, 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 it really sucks when things like that happen. But I, I just don't ever think that human error is ever going to be uh, taken away from yeah. anything. Well, it's, ever. you know, sorry, I kind of, this is not where I was intending the conversation to go. So I, I, I'll probably put you guys on the back foot. Sorry about that. There was, a, there was like a pause and I was like, I didn't really mean to put you guys on the back foot. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just, I. 
it's, it's just... good. That's good. I just was funny. I was going to say, like, we did the normal balanced exchange thing where we went went on a path and then went <laughs> fucking completely left. Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I have noticed, like, as I'm trying to title things the last couple times, I'm like, which thing am I going to put on the main page? Because we talked all around this thing. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's just, so, obviously, this is a topic. That wasn't even the main topic. I know. We're, supposed to be yeah. like... we're just bullshit about the Marine Corps. They went on the Space yeah. Force. They went on the fucking technology and, and shit. It's but, good, though. I yeah. mean, these are, again, like always, not because it wasn't the main topic. It's still good to to have these conversations, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I think that most people don't, they don't think about it. They just think about, like, if you think about uh, if you were on the more left-leaning spectrum, like if you're more liberal, you think about guns. This is a very similar to the gun conversation of like, should um, companies that make firearms be culpable for deaths? I don't think so, no, because obviously it's the person. But at the same time, it's like, man, like if I was like, you know, working for Armalite, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people that are using, you know, our rifles to kill people. Like, what can we do about that? Um, am I comfortable with keeping selling these things? I'm still all for the Second Amendment. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that are using over the counter drugs to get high yes. and, and do stuff. So should we stop making uh, over the counter drugs that help a lot of other people, you know, uh, treat symptoms and treat stuff? You know, I mean, we can have this argument about so many things that help the majority, to include guns. You know, I mean, if you look at the statistics, right, the majority of the gun deaths that are happening out there are either accidental. <laughs> Are suicides? They're not really homicides, you know. And, and 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 even then, if they are homicides, they're pistols, and they're not these guns that people are trying to like demonize and try to like ban or whatnot. So I, I, we we can have that conversation about anything. Like, should we ban beer? Right? Like, well, they, I mean, they we tried have, it. I mean, yeah. it worked really well. They tried it. They tried it, and it yeah. didn't work. What? Because it's a choice, right? Like, it's the person. It's the people that. The person itself does it. Like, do I want to drink this beer and go out and drive and possibly kill like an innocent family? That's me. I should have nothing to do with the beer company, right? Like, I mean, it's it's just people are trying to blame off person or you know a, a person's responsibility, taking responsibility for their own actions onto somebody else because it's easy to do that. It is so yeah. much. No, I mean you're hundred percent right, but when it comes to like the tech side. It's not. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. Because so I, I had to pause a second because when we talked earlier and I said, "Hey, Enrique's going to be here for us to all three talk today." I was like, "Want to talk about guns?" <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I knew that yeah. that gets you fired up, and this will be like some no, intense. Yeah, because you know, I mean, obviously, I, I am. Uh, I, I believe in the the Second Amendment to a certain extent. Like, I think that everybody, yeah, you should have the right to defend yourself. And if you need if if you need to have a firearm, then yeah, get a firearm. But I also don't think that everybody should have a firearm. So it, it, yeah, because yeah. I, I, there's people that we all know that should never own a firearm because they're impulsive, they have issues, and they until they resolve those issues with themselves, they should not own something that could kill somebody in, in such an easy manner. It's not like you're getting a fucking black belt in like some martial art where it takes some time and effort yeah. to kill somebody. Like it's super easy yeah. to kill somebody with a gun. And even with the knife, um, you know, if you kill somebody with a knife, you got to get close up. Like, the gore is there, all that shit. But with a gun, you can kill them from far away. You can literally detach yourself from the whole environment. I get that. 
Um, but I think there should be some sort of restraint on firearms, but everybody should have yeah. access to them. Yes, is there and there is. It's illegal Not to everywhere. kill people. Period. What's up? <laughs> so whether whether you use a gun or whether you use a knife or you use it, it's illegal to kill someone. It's illegal to. to, to, to you know, so I mean, it, once again, it's a choice. I'm going to go out and commit a crime and kill someone, whether it's with a gun or with a knife. That that right there. The, the common sense gun laws that they're trying to push out are going to do nothing to those that don't care about laws. So how, how can you restrain that? How can you, you, you can't make any more laws to make it any safer because criminals are criminals because they break those laws. I mean, right? that's, that, that's true. But I mean, we have other laws that have been, you know, that make sense that do curtail illegal acts. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's illegal to murder somebody, and I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, duh, it's illegal to kill somebody. But yeah. I mean, but but I have a next question though, and I know that I'm I'm passionate about that we, and I definitely want to talk to you about it, and I don't want to stop it because it's interesting. No, go ahead. Well, what was your other right. thing? I just want to know why did you get out? Why did I go? Okay. Yes, because you were definitely one of the smarter guys, guys that I like to hang out with, dude that I always like to talk to you know uh, always asking questions to because i was lance corporal you ended up being a corporal when you left and i know i just completely deviated from what we were talking about but i just want to kind of get back to what you no, guys no, told me were. no it's fine that, i want to get mad <laughs> no i'm not getting mad or shit like that um yeah the reason why i, I got think out... you're sad because you lost you <laughs> no, i i had a, a terrible leader i forget the guy's fucking name he was a i think it was a first sergeant um i forget his fucking name but he, I remember he had some shitty ass car. I think he had a Mighty Mouse on the side, or something like that. He came from the Grunts. He was, he was a black dude. Mercer. I think it was Mercer. Yeah, that might have been the guy. He's the main reason why I got in the Marine Corps. I was thinking about staying in because I remember I extended to be, I extended to go on the Mew, the Eleventh Mew, in like 2002, and then I was supposed to get out. I, I was supposed to get out in 2002. I extended to go on the Mew, and I extended it into 2003. And that's when uh, we decided to go to war with Iraq. And I was like, all right, like, if you're going to, if we're going to war with Iraq, I just got back. I got to see my daughter. Thank you. You know, after I couldn't see her being born because of some fucking asshole first sergeant. Hold it. I'm sorry. First lieutenant. Whole different story. But I got to see my daughter for a couple of months. If you want to send me somewhere, let's go now. Like, I'm ready to go. And I got, I sat around for a long time and then Mercer came around. And he just decided that he didn't he didn't understand the way that um, a Marine other than a grunt should operate. He wanted me to go out and march Marines around like a parade deck and uh, teach them how to drill and all sort of stupid shit. And Enrique, you know me. Like I'm I'm a technical guy. Like I can teach you about what you're supposed to know. But like when it comes to like marching and like all this so I'm not I don't not that I didn't care about it. But I didn't care about it. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to make you more more proficient as a Marine when it pertains to your actual job. I didn't go to the field to go march. I went to the field to make sure that our network was secure and that all, all of our shit worked. And he was just riding my ass for, like, months when I should have been out of the Marine Corps. And I was just like, all right, well, if I'm not, not going to send me to Iraq to get me away from this fucking asshole... And I can't really do anything. You're not going to let me, like, actually train young Marines to do, like, what I do and be good at it? And just let me get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't, there's no point to me being here. So let me, you know, 
take my technical expertise and take it somewhere else. And so that was you what know, my, that's where, yeah. That's what really sucks. And and I tend to talk to Marines about that specific situation all the time. Um, you know, and I I tell them, you know, don't let and it happens because I know sometimes people just are fed up. I tell them, don't let like one person or one group of people or one unit just ruin your your vision of what the Marine Corps is because they are not the Marine Corps. Like yeah. they, they are not the Marine Corps, right? Like this unit is not the Marine Corps. There is phases in which you'll have great leadership, crappy leadership, okay leadership. And then, you know, uh, those, they're, they're all just different phases that those, those places go through. And sometimes you end up being somewhere where it just doesn't freaking click with you. Yeah. You just got to, that's one of the things that, that I tell them, like, you know, you're going to move, like, you know, that you're going to PCS and, two years or three years, depending on what your tour is like, you're going to go see somebody completely different. You probably may never see this person again. And if you do, it'll be so far in the future, you'll probably be a different rank. And I was able to get through some Marines that way. But for the most part, you know, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's been times even before, before I became a chief warrant officer that, that, uh, you know, I, I bumped into people that, that were so negative. Uh, that sometimes I was like, man, like this sucks. I, I don't want to be here, but I, I didn't let it get to me. But, you know, I just, I just, like I said, I've learned a lot of lessons from a lot of people. A lot of good people have gotten out for, you know, many different reasons. And, and I always go back to my ninth comp crew. Like, I don't think <laughs> I, I think every time, every time I talk about anything or, or, or any lesson that I've learned, it's the time, it's the time period that I was with you guys in ninth comp, like all of you guys until before all of you got out, like, I, I always go back to those days, but we we had a good I'm crew, not... man. We we had like a lot of really good people, like a really diverse group of people for like different mindsets. And what got me when I was in the Marine Corps is like almost the, at least the people that I hung out with, they were just good at their fucking jobs. You know what I mean? Like they knew what they were supposed to do and they did it very well. And that's what I really enjoyed when at being at Nightcom. And yeah, there was like a lot of there were some shitbirds in, in Nightcom. I wasn't the greatest Marine, but I was good at my job. You know, like, like you, he wanted me to like set some shit up. I got it done. Like no matter how hard it was supposed to be, like I got it done. And I think that was the mindset for like most, not all of the Marines that were in ninth column. And th that's we, was, uh, we would, we would not say he's a good dude. Oh, yeah. We would not say he's a good yeah. dude. So we, we, uh, we've recently started this thing where, when you're talking about somebody else who uh pretty aware of doesn't know what the fuck they're doing but i mean seems like they're i mean decent people right like like most marines like who are really terrible at what they're doing only made it as far as especially like people we're probably hanging out with or talking about it's like you only made it this far because you managed to talk to some people and do some things and get along with some people, it's but like, <laughs> you really have no idea what the hell is actually going on anywhere at any point in time, do you? So that's the, down the line with that is like, so, so this guy we're talking about right now, I mean, he's a good dude. So but, if you uh, ever start a conversation about somebody else with that face, you know that he did not know he was not very technically savvy, but somehow he got to where he was at. Good dude. Well, I, I think that was actually another issue that I had with the Marine Corps is that I, I knew, even though the people that I hung out with were, like, very good at their jobs, you know, but there was people that I knew that I didn't hang out with that were terrible, and they kept getting... Like, I knew people that were sergeants 
that were, uh, there was this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he was like some buff dude that he was in really good shape. He was an HF guy. His last name started, his last name started with a U. I don't know if, if, uh, if Enrique knew him. He might have got out before he joined Nightcom because I think you went to Okinawa before you came to Nightcom, right? Oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Did you go to Okinawa? You go to Okinawa before uh, you came to Nightcom? My first duty station was Nightcom. Oh, was it? Okay. So there was this guy who was in HF. His last name started with a U. And he was, he didn't know anything about HF. Not, literally nothing. But he had a 300 PFT. And he was, and he, he was a sergeant. And he, he was, ter- he didn't know anything. I'm just like, why are you even here? Like, like what do you like? You can't teach me anything, like, and it was like it was very frustrating for me to have some. And that was another thing about the Marine Corps is like having somebody that was over me, that was dumber than me. But I'm yeah. just like that was a huge issue. Like I don't. If you're gonna, if you're in my same job, and you're supposed to be like my superior, you should know more than me. And some of them didn't. Yeah, so when we talked about how we wanted to structure this conversation today, one of the topics would be, like, what has changed, maybe, versus, like, what, what hasn't changed. Yeah. And so, instances in which someone, like, is technically, like, senior to you or is your boss or whatever and has no idea what's going on. Um... You all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom because oh. there, there's really nothing else to say there. It, it hasn't changed. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, anyways, and I know you're gonna edit this stuff, right? So, anyways. so Dan also told me that we were gonna talk about like, because you know how I just asked you why you got out. I guess why we ended up staying. Yeah, why you guys stayed? Oh yeah, we do want to do that too. Yeah. Let me take take thirty seconds. Okay. I mean, Dan says he's gonna take thirty seconds. Right. Well, I guess I, I can grab a, another beer. Actually, I'm 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 glad you guys you guys made me feel bad for getting out. To be honest, <laughs> why? Well, I, I'm gonna make you feel bad for getting out because, like, you're one of, one of my favorite people, and uh, you, Mana, yeah, Mana who else? That, Fucking uh, Spiwak, yeah, God, Smitty, yeah. Uh, I met a lot of people. You met Smitty? Like, Spiwak? Oh, uh, I think I don't know if Smitty joined the group no, that that day. Uh, who else he was there? He's in the army now, or at least he was. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like all all those guys, like like freaking uh, god damn, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name now. I, I, how can I say he's one of my favorite people and I don't remember his name? I remember uh, Gunny. Uh, Lats. Oh, Lats. Yeah, we talk. Me and Lats talk all the time. So yeah. yeah. Uh, say hello to him for me because the only way I was able to keep in touch with him was social media but I know that he kind of like goes off and on social media so yeah, I, say hello to him if you talk to him he's always he's in the the, the live stream from other podcasts uh, frequently and we we, tech, yeah. we talk on he's on uh, Twitch on, well, he's on Twitch all the time but he's on uh, Twitter a lot so yeah okay well say hello to him for me when whenever you talk to him again Gunny Reyes uh, that's what I was thinking of Gunny Reyes Oh yeah, Gunny Reyes. That, yeah. that dude was—he was the person who he, he did like the most. He did the best thing for me in the Marine Corps is sending me on the Mew. When he sent me on the Mew, I was just like, man, that actually made me appreciate the Marine Corps. And then I came back from the Mew, and then he was gone, and then I had Mercer. You know who else was really good? People were, were really good freaking dudes. Were like the construction dogs. Yeah, you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. I actually lived Garcia. close to uh, Ferrer. 
Ferrer lives, uh, I think he lives in Hayward, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, those guys are just cool. Like, they were so tight, man. It's like, like freaking uh, Cardone, yeah. Garcia, Silva, uh, Arredondo. Gallegos, wasn't Gallegos one of those construction guys? Gallegos, yeah. yep. I saw yep. him a couple Gallegos. years back. Good old construction dogs. I mean, sure. they don't exist anymore. Well, they kind of do, Probably but do. not really. Yeah. yeah. No, no. So they're 33s now, which is they still splice fiber and climb poles, but construction dogs no longer exist. That MOS doesn't exist. So I'm the so I'm the chief warrant officer for the MOS that used to be the Tello, which was used to be the wire dogs, used to be the construction dogs. So now <laughs> it's all networking. So now I'm the networking uh, warrant officer for everything that used to be wire. Wow. So all the wiremen, all the wiremen became like I'm in his dominus. It's Friday, but now it's Monday. You're a fucking networker. <laughs> so now they they've yeah, adjusted they've adjusted all those MOSs to kind of like support networking more than like wire and voice. Well, I think so it's... the 33s are what used to be the 13s. So we still send them to like fiber splicing and climbing poles, but. Like, like there is no more aerial. There is no more climbing poles. There's no more construction dogs. Basically, it's, it's just it's, it's all contracted yeah. out. That's that was one of the other reasons. That was like a minor reason when I got out. It was just like uh, the NMCI that came around, and I was just like, "You'll still be able to hear." Well, oh. NMCI is doing my job, so like, why the fuck am I gonna like deal with it? And they're getting paid they're by more. They're fired. They're gone. Well, yes, but no. I mean, they're they're, just, they're still gonna have a lot of contractors. You know, not. It's not NMCI, at least not with us. Oh, is it like something? Do they call it something different? Do they get rid of contractors altogether? Yeah. Go go! It's a Marine Corps network now. Oh, government owned, government operated, and it's ran by actual Marines. Okay, that's good because yeah, the Marine Corps Cyber Operations Group. They are the primary entity for managing the Marine Corps Enterprise Network. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that was a dumb idea. Like doing the whole NMCI thing, and I was just like, "You tell me I can, they get, thought... paid, I can get paid double doing the same job as a civilian, like at least double, probably more." Yeah, they thought long run it would still be cheaper, but that definitely wasn't the case. No, it wasn't cheaper. I remember when I was a contractor, and they were trying to explain that, "Oh, well, you're a contractor. We're saving money because uh, we don't have to pay you benefits." I'm like, "Well, first of all, um, yes, you are." Um, because you're paying 1.2 to 1.6 million dollars just for me, that definitely covers my fucking benefits, you idiots. So you're not paying a goddamn uh, Lance Corporal anywhere near 1.2 to 1.6 million dollars, and I could have done the same exact job as a corporal or a Lance Corporal, or even a sergeant, or what? Fucking go up the line, you know? I could have done that job easily, you know, if he gave me the same training. Hey, Cronus, you know what else happened hmm. since we've been gone? So. Your old MOS, right, has now been split into two different MOSs. Hmm. So now all 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 uh, networking, right, routers and switches are one MOS, and all services. So all of your all of the actual services that go onto the servers, like so servers, are two different MOSs. So now, like wow. back then, back then, you know how like 0650s, whatever that you guys became, where you guys did everything, and it's like. Well, I only know routing, so I don't know any of the. I don't know servers, yeah. or I only know servers. I don't know. I don't know routing. Now it's two MOSs. So that's that's where the whole 0610 X MOS, like all the wire dogs, became mm -hmm. the networkers. Oh wow! And all, 
Yeah, and all the 50s, 51s, or, you know, old old 25, or what was your old MOS? Like, uh, it was, I was so old, obviously. I was 4066, yeah. like, it was all just uh, general. 46 yeah. and all that stuff became, like, the service guys, so now it's two different MOSs. So now the three MOSs in COM now is transmissions, services, and networking. Wow, so what do you guys do for, like, like storage and stuff? Do you guys have, like, an MOS for storage, or is that, what does that fall under? Yeah, so falls the, under yeah, server, the service yeah. MOS is that, wow. yeah. Wow. All right. That, that's very interesting, because in the civilian world, it's, it's not like that. I don't, I don't touch services at all. Yep. So I just deal with, like, just, just storage. <laughs> like, if your network is fucked up, I can help you a little bit, but um, I'm probably not. Uh, I just like, hey, is your storage messed up? I, this is how you fix it. But if it's like obviously a, like a network issue, I'm just like, hey, it's your network. Goodbye. <laughs> so. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's difficult to like we've been having this conversation all week. Mm-hmm. Because we have we're say, in the CCRVs. <laughs> yeah, and we're talking about how the jobs should be aligned. And oh, uh, yeah, sorry, got a bottle opener here, <laughs> which is a bottle holder. <laughs> it's it's on my like, like a marine. Yeah, oh man, I'm old. I'm 29. That doesn't work okay. out anymore. Um. So we were having this conversation all week. Where, what's the right, what's the right concept? Right where. You become more specialized and have more specialized fields, or do you have more broad fields that you can then like learn each of the maybe more narrow tasks within that broader field, especially for transmission. So right now we we are the ones with the most completely separate job tasks with like smaller radios being a single thing, wideband radios like you know cell phone towers and and microwave systems being a separate job kind of concept and then big, big like wideband SATCOM being a completely different field. Like do all those things need to be different things or should it be one overall transmissions field and you just train to the stuff that you need to do? That's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's weird because, you know, the military, it, it everything changes with technology, right? And so when you talk about services, like services can like span a lot of shit. And if you don't have like specializations in like, so first of all, you can't be specialized in a lot of shit. Yeah, I think that's what most people don't really seem to understand. It's like, yeah, you unless can, you're, go ahead. Unless you're a tech controller. Well, yeah, but it's <laughs> it depends. It's just, yeah, just to the joke out there. Yeah, it's kind of joke. Because like when no, it comes to services, it's like, okay, if you want to talk about services, are you talking about, like, hosts? Like, servers? Okay, what kind of servers? Are you talking about Windows or Linux or, you know, or Oracle or, you know, whatever. There's, like, a whole bunch of really different things that provide services. And we talk about networking, it's like, okay, what are you talking about? Like, uh, TCP, TCP IP or fiber or iSCSI or, you know, there's, like, different kinds of things. But, like, most people don't even really put a second thought to, but those different technologies... They're under the same umbrella, but they're like they're vastly different. You need to really have specialization to like really understand. You, like you need to have a goddamn guru, you know, for these things. And I think that uh, the military and probably the corporate world has already kind of done this, where like you need people that are specialized in certain things, not just like the the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the military and you already you you've already said it because you already split MOSs into like services and uh, transmission. But I think even within services and transmissions, like it's probably going to split again, 
because and network. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because, well, networking, wouldn't that be sort of under transmission or radio, right? Because No. No? No, that's, that's three, three MOSs, transmissions, networking, and services. Okay. Three yeah. different MOSs. And I think yeah. that we could tried probably... Go ahead. They, they, they all blend in at one point or another because there's networking that involves the transmission side. Obviously, networking that is required to be established before you build your servers. Yeah. But... They kind of blend in, but they're all three separate MOSs, and and that's the that's the constant fight. It's yeah. like who, where's the line? Where's the yeah. line drawn? And like who yeah. takes care of what? And it's so it's so gray in some sections and some areas that man, you should see like this this con content review boards or these content review freaking um, course content review boards that we have here. Like people fucking like argue, fight, yeah. and like no, you guys should do this, and we will do this, or ah, it's like it's just crazy, and it, and it, it it's. Yeah, it's those gray areas that are always very, very difficult to kind of define. Yeah, those those lines are how you get uh, Staff Sergeant Blue and Staff Sergeant Rambo in Afghanistan about damn near stab each other because <laughs> we keep we keep like both trying to just make sure we're getting the, the job done. We both just want to accomplish the task, right? But realistically, like there are certain points where I should have stopped and turned over the job or turned over this particular mission or this thing or to to networking. At the time, just data, right? And there are other times when he used to go, oh, okay, that's moving towards integration, tech control, and transmissions at the time, which was, I was the only person who did anything wideband. But like, it, it, we're both very like engaged people too. So it's like, I'll just get this thing done and I can yeah. figure this out. Fine. And so I would figure out my parts and he'd be like, why didn't you get me in there? Like, now I don't know what network parts you use. Now I don't know like what where this thing is or where that thing is. Like, we can't. We can't both keep doing this. And then I'd come in and there'd be some transmission systems. I'm like, why did you set this up? Like, why is this thing now on? And you have a wireless connection <laughs> to over there. It's like, it just need to get through. It's like. <laughs> in, in today's. Yeah, in, it's in, like, both in today's, of us doing it. Just in, getting shit done. In today's Marine Corps. Yeah. Like everything has an IP. You know how I remember back in the day, like we used to always say, oh, it has an IP. Uh, data. Take it data. Yeah. So you, you would be running everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> because well, it has an IP. Take it to data. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, well, to me, it's like it's it's weird because I'm like hyper uh, specialized in like what I do. Because I'm like I'm yeah. a, I'm a level three engineer for storage, and they don't have things that are like, as far as I know, in the in the military, like you're hyper specialized in like for technology. You're hyper specialized in other things in the military, but not for technology, and it's and it's kind of it's kind of off for me. Uh, but it's also kind of gives uh, some validity to like saying maybe we need a cyber force, you know. But at the same time, like I think that if you have a cyber force, I think that the Marine Corps version of like what we need, and the Army's version of what we need, and the you know Air Force version of what we need for like da da data or data if you're fucking fancy, um, are they're different. But would a different branch do that? Maybe bring them all together. I don't know. Um, I mean, my opinion is. Uh, there should be a cyber force that provides that to all the branches. Or, but isn't that what the NSA does? I mean, like, <laughs> at like this level, yeah. but well, I mean, for the regular like users. The Marine Corps, honestly, the Marine Corps, what we were designed for and what we we're intended for, we're completely, really kind of like going away from it, right? Because we're trying to stay relevant, we're trying to survive. People are always trying to get rid of the Marine Corps, but like, hey, look, I can wipe my own ass. Right. So like 
if we were to just focus on war fighting and amphibious freaking like for what we were designed for amphibious yeah. fucking operations you know and self-sufficient for whatever like you know 60 days until the actual forces show up and then let the navy navy continue giving us our motrin let the fucking cyber force do the security for our networks we'll still have networking and we'll still have you know networking marines and, and services marines transmission marines but let that let let that cyber force protect our network we, we it would be so much better it would just be so much better because right now like the fight the fight between like who's doing what and who's doing security and who has permissions to do what makes it so difficult for us to even like like provide services mm -hmm. when we're needed that that it's like dude do you not realize that you're hindering the mission just because i don't have fucking permissions to submit a fucking you know uh, a, a, a freaking request to get somebody an account but here's, like, are you kidding me? here's the rub, though. Like, if, if we did have a cyber force, let's just go to, like, pretend land. If we had, you know, a cyber force and we needed services, like the Marine Corps needed services, do you think that the cyber force would give the same amount of attention? Like, if you had, like, an actual, like, I need to get shit done right now, do you think that they would give the same amount of care and attention to giving you those services that a Marine with the same skill set would? The Marine that was trained to know, like, what the Marine Corps' mission was and when things are actually an emergency and like i think that's like one of the things that people kind of discount when it comes to like the marines that do um support roles like pogues you know we do support roles like we're we're still marines like we still have you know that will to get the fucking mission done i don't think the cyber force would do that like at all like they would just be like oh it's not really an emergency you know no but i think so it would have to be designed correctly where mm -hmm. the purpose of it is to Establish all of the baselines, but still provide enough of a design that allows for the flexibility within each component to, to do what it needs to do. So there are totally constructs within both server concepts and networking concepts that can allow for this to be the baseline. And then you can operate with inside your space within our space. Like we have this whole total space together, but you have your own little chunk of it. You can fuck that up all you want to. And it won't mess up the whole entire domain, just your little forest of it, stuff like that. And so, but again, Marine Corps experience, at least, we refuse to like build things in a way that specifically allow for that kind of thing. It's either all or nothing. Either you have total permissions to control everything it is that you want, and you can destroy the entire domain that you have set up. And I mean, we can be, we can create a, a, a prior a priority tier, right? Just like the the way we yeah. do with missions when the Air Force supports us to fly into a country, like. Hey, your priority tier is not high enough because you're just a comp battalion that's getting ready to go over there and replace the guys that are already there. We'll get you there when we need to. Oh, you're a grunt battalion that's about to go into fucking Afghanistan and you Keep know some kill some fucking people. You're our top tier. So there'll be tiers of support too. Uh, and I'm saying obviously we're just talking theoretical here that there'll be a, a tier system designed to where like mission critical, right? Like cyber force should should understand that their mission is to protect the protect the network for whatever branch that they're supporting at a tier level of crit of crit um, you know how critical their mission is so you, right you guys would, you would I guess you would have to you have to have a lot of a lot of trust you know between like the Marine Corps especially the Marine Corps and like uh, a cyber force you know it's like how much could you trust somebody that didn't go through the same training that you went through at least the same basic training 
I mean, we also have liaison programs. I mean, working with DISA, there are a bunch of civilians, Air Force and Army guys, but we have Marines that go there and, and, and basically they're a liaison. Like you have a Marine back in the day, tech controller at DISA saying, hey, you know, here's this mission. Here's what they need. And they would be there kind of like, I mean, there's there's still those 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 uh, functions where you're still working together. You have to have people integrated within those forces that are supporting each other. Yeah, liaison program. I feel better with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel better with like a a joint situation to where at least you had somebody that you knew understood like the actual Marine Corps than just having like a a whole separate division of like people that hmm, maybe they don't understand like how difficult things are on the ground. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And there's always separation even if you have that liaison program program there's always going to be a separation where the guys that have n- are not down there are not going to completely understand you know who they're supporting because i mean when we were in iraq as tech controllers i i swear to god i had like the hardest time to get this to give me permissions to do certain things yeah but, you know um, as soon as the liaison stepped in things happened and that's and i was telling him that's one of the things where kind of motivated me to become a chief officer because the chief one officer is that i is, is the one guy that actually did that for me yeah i thought about doing that after i got out i was like maybe i can be an officer, one officer and come back in like that that'd be like my dream job and then i was like then i found another job and i was like well i'm getting paid and i kept getting paid yeah. then i became a money whore so you know it is what it is <laughs> so what so why did you re-enlist why did did we get a why you got out yeah, he did tell me what he got. Fucking first time, what's the space? Yeah, it wasn't interesting, obviously. So it's all good. Thanks, <laughs> You went to the bathroom oh, during the started that. So I do remember it now. I was trying to remember. It was probably because you told a story about a first sergeant, and I immediately turned off. Yeah. Oh yeah. We no longer we no longer take first sergeants into consideration. I mean, neither do I. How I, how I told you? The, yeah. How I told you the way the the system should function with first sergeants? Yeah. Have I? I've already talked about that before. I mean, they're supposed to be like. I don't think they even should be fucking first sergeants. To, you know, they're just having. No, so, so the, <laughs> so the army, the army has first sergeants too, but, it's a billet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a job. It's a task. You show up at a unit that does require a first sergeant, whose role, at the unit, is direct support to the commanding officer for liaison with their enlisted marines, right? But, you have an actual job. That you are going to go back to as soon as you finish your tour at that unit. So, like, it's more like just a temporary thing, especially. And it, would, it, it seems to me like it would work so much better in the Marine Corps. We tell Marines all the time, you're still a Marine. You got to be a Marine first, then you can do your job, right? So, then any of us should be expected when I'm in, I'm an E8. Hey, you might get orders somewhere. You just got to be a Marine. You're going to go there. You're going to be the first sergeant. <laughs> you're, the, you're the senior advisor to that SEO. Congratulations, your entire job is being Marine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but don't forget, you're going to get orders back to your fucking job in three years and actually still need to be remembering it. And they, we let them get away with not remembering that they actually have a support role like you talked about yeah, or have a primary role if I, they're one of those other jobs. I don't know why they let a... Why, why would you let a grunt run a comm unit why would you let a com a, a com marine run a grunt unit? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. 
if for the civilians, they didn't run anything. For, for the civilians out there, it'd be like having a, a plumber run, like, a TV repair shop. Uh, being the boss of the TV repair shop. Yeah, you can tell people what to do, but you don't know how to do it yourself. So, like, why are you telling them what to do? Like, it doesn't... Like, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it It's silly. And I think... So, like, when I say my grandfather was a first sergeant, that just happened to be the unit he retired at. He was in a first sergeant role, then he retired. So, last job he had, he was a first sergeant. So, that's why he retired as a first sergeant. But... I have a complicated, yeah. like, opening for my, my drink. No. <laughs> I'm like, looking at it like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, oh, there's cannabis in this. That's why. It's like a pop-up pop, pop <laughs> up and then slide thing, right? Or something like that? Yeah, is it like lift? Slide? Yeah. I've seen one of those before. I can't remember what it was. But but it just says open okay. and open here. There we go. All right. I'm being stupid. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Why did I re-enlist? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So it got weird right at that time. So my first duty station sucked. I think a lot of us dealt with that. First duty station was terrible. Um, I was Lance Corporal Miramar. I was working for Ground Electronics. I actually told you some stories about this earlier. When we were talking about, like, I have wizard powers. It's really weird. Real quick, before you tell your story, did you know a guy named uh, Helfer? Because you're on Miramar? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. I don't think so. Go ahead. Did you see him are you so far out of the Marine Corps where you just became a civilian where you think all Marines know each other? Well, he was at Miramar, and so was the guy I was talking kidding. about. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. Around the same time frame. And yes, you all look yeah. the same. I'm just saying. Just I'm to just complete kidding. the whole circle, yeah. you all look the same. Every, every time I go back I, home and I tell my friends or family or people that didn't think somebody new, oh, you're a Marine? Hey, did you know like this guy named Gonzalez? Uh, uh, <laughs> I knew like fucking fifty of them. I yeah, know. <laughs> I was gonna say that's very common. Oh, goddamn Smith! Like, We're awesome. Yeah, yeah. There were five thousand other Marines on Miramar at the time. But yeah, no, I knew that guy. <laughs> no, it, so okay. So I was at Ground Electronics. I was uh, air traffic control communications guy, right? So I actually did radios too for my first job. I set up radios for air traffic control specifically. Um, I was telling the story earlier that guys from the the tower would call down, like they're trying to control aircraft. They're like, "Hey, this frequency's not working." I grab the handset, check that frequency from the from the like the maintenance cab or the maintenance office there. Like, it hey, worked fine. I'm like, "Uh, nope, seems like it's working." Uh, let me. I'll, I'll come right up there and I'll take a look at it. And I'd walk up. Yes, walk because the damn thing. Most of the time, the elevator didn't work, so we'd walk all the stairs all the way up to the air traffic control tower. And again, I'm like, "Okay, which which one?" It's this card. This frequency's not working. This one right here. And I'd like push the button. I'm like, try now. He's like, works. it's working now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Walk all the way back down the stairs. And that would happen a lot. And it, it happened earlier today where something wasn't working. He's like, can I show you? I'm like, yeah, sure. I just walked back there. He showed me. <laughs> he made like one. He's like, well, let's see if we can see it over here. It didn't work showing it over there. But we went back to where we were originally trying to get stuff to work. It worked fine. I just went in, was close by when he was... T- like, it's stupid. It's weird. But it didn't matter there how good I was, how much I was doing. And, like, I... They they had a crew shift, right? So this is airfield operations. So we're trying to keep an airfield up and going. And you have pretty much 24-hour requirements, and they establish what's called a crew shift. So there would be three crews 
who would work all of the off-hour stuff. So you have the normal day shift of people, who's most of your people. But you had two different people in, in each section on in three crews, so six Marines. Yeah. And you would work a 24-hour shift, basically, and then you'd have 48 hours off. So you would be there. On weekdays, though, there was the whole day shift there. So they didn't really require us to come in until 1,500. They're like, hey, just come in when we're all kind of spending the last hour of the day. We're about to take off. You guys come in. That's a pretty sweet shift. Yeah, pretty sweet. But yeah. usually it's completely reserved for the NCOs. Like, hey, if you're a corporal or a sergeant, you've got some experience here. We're going to put you on a cruise shift. You guys can take charge of your evening stuff. So I got there, and within six months, they're like, hey, this nice corporal knows what the fuck's going on. You got, you're on cruise shift. Okay, cool. I, I felt like I'd earned something, right? Um, and so I'm running completely independently, being able to keep up with all the maintenance stuff, being able to keep track of everything that's going on. But I still get like shitty pros and cons. I still keep getting told like I'm a hit a shithead. I still have to take out trash all the time. I still have to. I'm like, can you like figure out what the fuck your message is? You're trying to tell me what's going on because am I doing really good? Or am I not doing really good? I don't understand what's going on. Um, and I mean, and there's like one simple, stupid little instance that I constantly remember about this staff that I work for. And it was one of the weekends. So on weekends, though, right? So I say this is every third day you're on, no matter what. Well, if it's a weekend day, there's no day shift. So you are there. You are there Saturday morning at 07.30 to relieve the last night crew or whatever, and you are on until the next day. Well, also Saturday crew meant you washed all the trucks, right? So if you have um, – we had a bunch of maintenance vehicles because we had to go check systems all over the airfield. So you got to wash all the trucks on Saturday. So I'm out there washing the trucks, and we're right next to the, to the firehouse station, like the air air fire air crash fire rescue guys, mm -hmm. which means they have a huge fucking hose. So that was where everybody washed their trucks. So you go over there, use crash fire rescue as like hoses, spray your stuff off, scrub the trucks down. Like an arc. Yeah. Uh, and then you can you can rinse them down, and then drive it over to where we were parked, where our normal trucks parked, and then you can drive off. And then you bring the next truck over. So I'm driving after getting soaking wet, washing this truck off. <clears throat> but I'm smart because I know I'm going to have to be here for 24 fucking hours. So I take my blouse off that I brought, have a different set of trousers and everything else to change into afterwards. I'm kind of wet from washing it off, and I'm driving this truck over to where I need to park it to dry it off with just boots and utes on, basically, because I'm wet. Well, staff sergeant decided to show up on Saturday to see what I was doing. And I was like, just because you don't want to wear your fucking cover, Marine, doesn't mean you can drive the truck in boots and units, I'm like, not wearing my cover doesn't have any fucking thing to do with why I don't have my blouse on. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just that assumption of, like, my reasoning for why I was doing something he considered to be wrong that just irritated the shit out of me. It would have been fine if you had been like, why don't you have your fucking blouse on? And I just went like, well, I'm kind of, I'm wet, and I didn't want to get any wetter than necessary and so take all of that moisture into the truck. Yeah. That's usually the question I ask. Why but instead, why yeah, instead he makes, like, just made that leap, and it just irritated us. So I fucking hated that first unit. And it was always like that. There was always something. It was little shit like that constantly. And then and then I'm like, I have to go see the monitors, because I'm first term alignment. I'm, at, I'm still more than a year out, and I have to go see whether or not I can re-enlist. Or no, I get orders. I get orders token out for a year. My very last year of my Marine Corps, time on that contract I'm, I'm in san diego wife kid like whole like we're married we have logan we're living in lakeside and they're gonna send me unaccompanied for one year to okinawa 
I'm like, I will re-enlist. I will re-enlist right now if you can send me overseas, company orders. Like, I'll take three years. Let's go to Okinawa. Let's go do some work. She was fine with that. That sounded great. So I go in to talk to the monitor, like, can I do this? They said, no, not at all. You cannot re-enlist until you are within the last year of your contract. So I couldn't re-enlist. They were going to send me over years, overseas for you. I was like, this is, I'm fucking done. I'm not re-enlisting. Screw you guys. So I go to Okinawa. On a company? On a company. For a year in 2004. And every single Marine that I worked with. And so I, I get there and it was like me and like two other corporals that showed up. Or maybe a corporal and a lance corporal. I'm like, hey, any of you guys any good with computers? And I'm like, I'm pretty good with computers. And they're like, okay, you're going to come work in the S6. You guys go to fucking work in maintenance. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I didn't know what I was getting into by saying I'm good with computers. Sure. So then it's just me, corporal, working with staff sergeant, master sergeant, master gunnery sergeant, and a major in the S6. That's literally the only people I worked with every day. Nice. And these are like the best Marines I've ever fucking worked with. Like these guys are all great. They all give a shit. They're all like paying attention. They all care. They give me responsibility and leave me the fuck alone to figure out how to do what it is they said to do. I end up producing like uh, software and like trackers and all this other stuff to like keep track of everything that's going on with the S6 because they have these regular processes they need to take care of. I'm like, why would I keep trying to figure this out every time when I could build a thing that takes care of that for us? Like I'll just build some shit. I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, now I just put these in here and cool, I'll keep track of everything and the folder's done. And then Master Guns was like, fuck did you just do? Like, oh, I made this thing. Trex is like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this is awesome. No one is, how has no one thought of this already, you know? Well, I, and so it was, just, it was a supportive environment. It was really good. Yeah, I think, at least when I was in, I don't know how it is now. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that both of you are not of the same opinion because you know the issue that I'm probably going to say. But the Marine Corps does not, at least when I was in, did not understand what a knowledge worker was, and they did not give knowledge workers any sort of autonomy. And that's what a knowledge worker needs is some form of autonomy. And if you don't get that, you, you're just gonna you're gonna starve on the vine. Yeah. So there are some 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 like long running institutional Marine Corps concepts that would support it, right? So there are rules and guidelines and things that say you should absolutely support this. But a lot of people, a lot of leaders don't don't subscribe to that at all, and they just keep being drill instructors who are like directed to give you a very specific set of skills and that is it and i think that that's supposed to be the whole marine corps and that's not how things are supposed to be no especially when, I felt like, yeah yeah i felt like i really got it go ahead no, no i'm just uh, yeah i totally agree it's just like that's not the way that things work in you know 2021 or even fucking 1998 <laughs> you right. know it's like you need to have like yeah i get that you need to have yes if you tell me an order i'm going to have to do it you know, but at the same time, like you could, uh, you need to give me some sort of autonomy to like accomplish the mission. And I think that there's not enough of, hey, let's give some leeway on how to accomplish the mission in uh, these more knowledge based roles in the Marine Corps, at least back when I was in. So, yeah, and so that, that there are, and it's, it's very much personality dependent, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, Who's there and who understands how to actually lead people, not just lead Marines at boot camp, like so, and at a very restrictive, very limited goal objectives. It is personality driven. It's experience. It's experience dependent. Because I'll tell you this: 
when I was a platoon commander, when I first became a warrant officer, the one thing about our my MOS is like out of all the three chief warrant officer ones, we always had a platoon commander billet. So like if you were a, a fresh, brand new warrant officer, you were going to a comp battalion and you were going to be the wire platoon commander. So I took over a wire platoon for 8th comp battalion. And when I first got there, uh, the I guess, I don't know if it was, a, I think it was a lieutenant that had been there before me. Um, basically just didn't allow his staff NCOs to go to their PME. Like the staff sergeant hadn't gone to his career course, the PME, gunny hadn't gone. Initialism. Huh? Initialism. Professional military oh, yeah, education. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. So professional military education, which is required for advancement and promotion and, and all that. So when I got there, they, they were pretty bitter about it. They're like, you know, we have not been allowed to advance in our career and things that the Marine Corps requires us to do, but the lieutenant who was in charge of us before would not let us go for whatever reason, right? You know, he was scared that things were not going to get done. He was, he was afraid that he was going to lose control of the Marines. He was afraid the mission wasn't going to be accomplished, whatever the case may be. And I got there, and like I said earlier, it's, it's personality-driven and experience-dependent. I was experienced. So for one, I wasn't afraid to be alone. Like I was a warrant officer, but I had already been a staff and CO. I had and a tech controller. And I had I, I have the I had the confidence to say, hey, you know what? I got it. I got it. <laughs> so staff sergeant, gunny, you're both going to your 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 professional military education courses. And let's let's take care of that. Let's get it out of the way. And when you come back, I need your 100% focus on the Marines. They took off. They were gone. I think those things were like, what, a month long, six weeks. weeks long, six to eight weeks long. They came back. And, and I was just telling the story earlier today. They dedicated themselves to training and taking care of those Marines so good that my platoon was the best performing platoon in, in the entire battalion. And we, we depl- when we deployed, these guys were all about like, sir, what do you need? Sir, what are we doing now? Like they were all over the mission because from the get go, I, I took care of them. Yeah. Right. I let them, I let them go. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's very, like he said, it's very personality driven and and experience dependent. And and I think one of the things that, especially those young lieutenants, they go out there and, and are in charge of platoons, they need to understand. And we try to, we try to kind of push that with the lieutenants that we have here. Like you need to listen to the staff and CEOs. Like, you, you really do. Like, they have that experience to know how to take care of Marines. Are there crappy ones? Yes, there's crappy ones. But if at overall, morally, they're just telling you to make sure you take care of your Marines, they're probably right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. Well, that's the weird thing about, you know, the, the military in general is that you can, you know, you can go to college and then join the military and have basically – four years of adult life and then be a leader and expected to like lead everybody and know what the fuck like they're supposed to need and want and all that shit. But in the meantime, you will have a staff NCO that has likely the same amount of time, probably more. And he's been in the unit, you know, in the actual military other than just like going to training, you know? And so he's probably going to know like what the individual Marines need way more than like some new lieutenant especially like if if a lieutenant is not out there actively being involved in their marines like daily lives because like I, I when i was in 
I never saw a lieutenant or any officer, you know, really like in my personal life. They were, they just weren't there. Like they just be be like my you know our corporals, my you know sergeants, staff sergeants maybe maybe my gunnies. Um, but you know you never there was a huge separation of you know the the officers and the enlisted people. And I think that that's that's the wrong way to go. Um, if if you want to know your Marines, you need to actually like talk to them and like see what the fuck they need. And not just assume that because you went to college that you know what's and you went to you know, you know officer candidate school OCS right. Yep. That uh that you know what all needs to be done. There's these Marines have life experience that you likely don't have, and maybe listen to them. So that that's why I love warrant officers because they have they have the best of both worlds. You know they have uh they have way more experience in like what they do. You know what I mean. So. And they're very yeah, technical. Both, both technically and leading Marines. Yeah, yeah. There was a proposal not too long ago, a really well-written article, and I'll see if I can get it to you. But it talked about, like, do we still need this construct of um, commission based upon a college degree, or should all officers be prior enlisted that make it to a certain point and are selected specifically for um, promotion to officer, right? Everyone starts enlisted and you could, after a certain period of time, be recognized as having truly developed your leadership skills, having a focus and an understanding on what leadership means within your organization, and then get selected to then go to become an officer and actually go to OCS or the basic school for the Marine Corps as well afterwards, um, TBS, to then learn the basic like skills of the officer. And it's, it, there are so many really, really salient points in that article that like tell you not just, not just the inspirational part of that. Cause I think most people will go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a really good idea. But like, how do we actually do that? Cause that would, I could see the numbers being an issue. Like how do we get enough Marines to have the right stuff to be able to do that? And they even work out all that math and, and how you could get to that point inside the article is really good. And it convinced me at that time. I was like, yeah, cause I'm already like, there's already some of us who are doing that where we spend enough time enlisted and become an officer and are definitely in positions where we're influencing, influencing huge amounts of stuff and leading Marines beyond the scope of what we would have ever done before. And I even was talking not too long ago that like could all go restricted for a while first, stay within your field, be restricted officers, and then become the people who are the commanders of the unit and these other things. But No, I, I think that's, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm 100% on board with that because I think that having that weird divide just because you happen to go to college that all of a sudden you, you can lead me like, no, you know, I mean like, yeah, you might've went through like a leadership school for a little while, but you don't like a lot of officers, they don't know how to like deal with people like at all. And, and it shows like when you look at most units, like they don't, well, and it's also by design, right? From the, the, the Marine Corps by design has like, well, the military in general by design separates out the, different levels of um what, how do i put it like ncos and non-ncos and officers and senior ncos and like that i don't understand why they have like all these rules on like fraternization like i understand fraternization from like the base level but it's so rare that you're going to fraternize and like possibly endanger your career to like help out another like usually I think just like hanging out with uh, with Marines that are at a lower level than you, as far as like, you know, their rank, 
I don't think that that's ne- that should be necessarily a bad thing on its base level. You know what I mean? Like hanging out and like sitting down with your Marines outside of like your job and like doing work and just like understanding them better. I think that's a good thing. But for some reason, the military they just they they want to separate all these people. And it's, it's it's especially weird like when you have like somebody that goes from like lance corporal to corporal, and all of a sudden you can't hang out with your friend again, like all the time, and it's just like. Like what? Well, you know, in reality, in reality, the fraternization order is only between officers Absolutely. and enlisted. Well, so there is no fraternization uh, order that prevents NCOs to to, to mingle with non NCOs. But it's but you know, I mean, in reality, yeah, it, it's it's frowned upon. Yeah, right. And that's that that's that whole thing where it's like it's not written; it's frowned upon. But legally, if people get in trouble for that, like. They can find it. I've and, had and plenty, just, plenty of times of like me hanging out with corporals and they were just like, you can't do that. And I'm just like, what, why? Like, it doesn't make any, like, I'm not, I'm not asking for a goddamn promotion from him. Like, we're just hanging out having drinks. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing should be available for like me and like a, a like a lieutenant or a captain or whatever. Like, in reality, the only time, the only time that that really pops up is if something really big happens, something yeah. negative happens, right? Yeah. I had, a, I had a situation where one of my friends, who is now retired in the Marine Corps, um, was on the Mew. He was a staff NCO. Uh, and you know, Mew crews, like freaking, you know, the, the JTF is really tight. Yeah. All, from are. the staff NCO all the way down to that Lance Corporal, they're really tight. Just happened to be having, hey, let's get together. All, the whole JTF, come over to my house. We'll, we'll have some drinks. We'll hang out. He collected everybody's keys. He, 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 he played, he, you know, he had a plan. We're all going to hang out. We're all going to do things. Somebody just happened to just like leave his house for whatever reason. It was a Lance Corporal. I don't know what he was doing. PMO picked him up, said I was over here. And, you know, they're like, oh, now it's like a negative thing that the yeah. unit's seen. All of, now they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna make it a big thing, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, you can still do it and, and you can't control what everybody does, but that's usually the only time that that gets brought up between enlisted is when something like, you know, the, the kid was doing something completely stupid that, that it can't be ignored. And then all of a sudden they gotta like, they gotta address it somehow. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, well, we all know in the Marine Corps, it's like, you know, they like to spread out punishment. <laughs> so, uh, and it's like sometimes it's not. It, sometimes it comes down to individual decisions, but they like to punish everybody that was involved. And it's like, but it's the, if the individual did it, it's like they like they did it. It's like you should punish punish the individual. Just hold them accountable. Yeah, and I, I don't get it. Anyway, we're going way over time than we normally do. So, yep. Yeah, I see you yawning. It's all good. Sorry, <laughs> I was tired. It's been a long week. So real quick before we end this, why are you guys? Uh, at Camp Pendleton, and where are you at exactly in Camp Pendleton for the listeners? Okay, where we are exactly. So this is the the Del Mar RV park. It's literally I am. So there are three rows of RV spaces from the beach. So the beach is two RVs away from me right now. I'm actually like the very end RV as well. So um, just on there's like my little camper area. There's a roadway. There's a fence. The other side of that is where AAVs like roll past yeah. and go out to the, the splashdown. Exactly uh, <laughs> yesterday morning, yeah, yesterday morning, uh, I was sitting. Uh, yesterday, 
Wednesday. Wednesday morning. No, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Because I wasn't here. Yeah, Wednesday morning. I was sitting Tuesday here at this morning. table reading through some stuff for uh, command and staff, a school that I'm going to. And the whole whole RV stick shaking. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Is there an earthquake? I thought there was an earthquake at first. And I was like, wait, no. I can hear. I hear. And I started looking out the windows. AAVs are like rolling right past, like literally right outside my RV. I was like, oh. Oh my god! And fears to solve vehicles. Yeah. Thank you. Fears to solve vehicles. Yep. Yeah. You gotta hit that acronym. Yeah. Yeah. So they're what did I? I I had to describe those to Cindy too because she didn't know what a AAV was. Tanks that carry marines in the water. Tank that carries marines into the water. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. So those all rolled past. I was like, that's pretty cool. But the morning before, I had already started kind of creating this this quote system I had created of it where. Uh, it's pretty cool because I wake up in the morning and I get to listen to the ocean's waves and mortars. So like the, the morning before, there was like I could hear the waves coming and the mortars were going off over there for training. Like, tum, 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 tum. Tum, 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 tum. like that's pretty cool. And then the next morning was the waves crashing and then AAVs roll out. I was like, okay, this is this is pretty cool for Marine to be enjoying just chilling at the beach with Marine stuff going on. So that's pretty neat. Um, why are we out here? So the reason we are out here is because every three years, formal it's too the, long. yeah, which is too long. Every uh, every three years, the formal school, which trains entry level Marines in their primary military occupational skill, which is communications for us, uh, has a review of what we teach them. So what happens is the fleet Marine Force, so units around the Marine Corps, send the representative to wherever we coordinate this uh this this conference at to get together and we basically go over what we teach entry-level marines they'll give us their feedback as to like hey what you've been teaching them so far works or hey what you've been teaching them so far needs an update and here are the things that we think you should be teaching them or hey you shouldn't be teaching this at all we need to start revamping this thing so that's the whole purpose for what we're for is uh basically going through all of the communication field MOSs or military occupational skills, literally all of them, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and reviewing them, basically reviewing what we teach those entry level Marines, uh, because uh, you know, uh, Papa Bear and myself are basically in charge of making sure that we're supporting the requirements that you know that support those commanders out there in the field in the fleet. Every time. So they. Well, right now, yeah. I mean, every day, that's a long time. I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, and we've been, like, literally, we've been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've been working working to try to fix that, right? Because we know that in RMOS specifically, three years is too long. Too long. Our technologies are are, are just advancing so quickly that skill sets, technologies, uh, you know, equipment, changes so fast that there needs to be a faster way to, to, to catch up to industry. So we've designed a new thing where there is a, I, I coined it virtual content review board, but I'm, I'm, we're going to kind of like work on the name because some people are just, just caught on the fact that a, a content review board means that people need to vote and people need to make a decision and blah, blah, blah. But it's really more of like, there's this thing on the internet that you can go to today if you're like staff sergeant such and such in the field and you realize, hey, 
I just realized that my Marines need to learn skill A, B, C, and D. How can I tell McSess, which is the communication electronics school that teaches entry-level Marines, how can I tell them today that they need to start seeing if they can incorporate this skill in there? Oh, let me log into this. McSess, I need you to teach this skill. And now tomorrow when he shows to work, there's a message from some staff sergeant that just came back from the field saying, hey, we just realized Marines are lacking this skill. Oh, so now he starts compiling this information and then after you know a certain period, whether it's quarterly or whatever the case may be, we give this, hey, sir, the, the fleet Marine Force is saying these Marines need these skills. Here's what we can do now. Here's what we can do in, in, in the near future. And here's what we need permission to do. What do you want us to do? All right. If you can yeah. incorporate it out, let's incorporate it out. So literally next, the, the very next day, we can start teaching that skill if we have the ability to do so. So now instead of waiting three years, we're now teaching that Marine that skill. Months, yeah. With any of your will. I mean, I'm, I'm just being kind of like, I'm exaggerating with like the very next day, but obviously there's preparations that are required in order yeah. to insert new stuff. But but technically it's, it's, it's not three years anymore. Yeah. It's more of like months. Yeah, and especially for, you know, an organization that prides itself on being like, you know, first to fight, you know, tip of the spear. It's like, how, how can you be the Marine Corps needs to be agile. Like we adapt and overcome, but it's very hard to adapt and overcome in three fucking years. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah. That's and so I mean, an, an, an idea, an idea that might spark up today by the time that the three years come around, either forgot, that Marine forgot, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that Marine, for, that Marine forgot technology changes or the Marine got out. Yeah. yeah. And it never, and it never, it never flourishes and never comes up to, to be reviewed. And, and hey, we're just doing the same thing, right? Like, hey, why why is the monkey telling the other monkey not to go grab the banana? He has no idea that the very first monkeys were getting sprayed with water. Yeah, was, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> in like, especially in technical fields, where it's just like I think yeah. we said it before on the podcast. Like, they need to stop like with paying every person in the in the military in general the same base pay. Like, yeah, we're still doing. Still doing the the in person thing because definitely it's 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 still kind of valuable to bring people that are senior and experience and stuff together and and network and just share ideas. But by the time we come together every whatever year, we may cut it down to a year. All the prep work is already done. Most of the changes are already done. And by the time we get there, it's just going to be decisions that require higher authority, uh, you know, um, to to make the decision and and. And it's more of like, hey, the fleet really wants this, so you guys need to, you know, give us the ability to make these changes. And in order to make these changes, we need more people, more money, more facilities, blah blah blah. And that's the only reason we should be coming together is for those big decisions where, yeah, where the fleet just kind of backs us up when we go ask for these things. Yeah. Because you know, there's things that we can do today, no problem, as is. But there's there's also things that are going to require you know funding and more people and those are the things that we need to ask you know headquarters Marine Corps for uh, we can't just like make people appear out of out of thin air. All right, I think we'll uh, I think we're good. We're almost at three hours. Okay. So. How long do you usually work for? Like two hours usually. Oh, we try Jesus. to now. Yeah, but two hours. We try to. But it's been yeah. If we go over it's it's okay like yeah yeah when did we start nah, a while ago 
it's okay. Yeah, so I guess I can close with one final part of like what we're trying to do to make things faster, which is most um, programs of instruction in the Marine Corps are written around a specific piece of equipment, actually, instead of around a specific kind of like capability set. Yeah. So I'm trying to turn all of the POIs that I'm in control of, and I think it's becoming the trend across all of the communications community, is instead of ever trying to use a specific system or a specific piece of gear or a specific nomenclature, which is like just really, really categorized piece of equipment, it's a single platform or something, uh, to talk about concepts. So like example would be, you all talked about like a, a 120 band or something? Yeah, super old, yeah. <laughs> So instead of talking about that system, you would say uh, operate an HF radio system and say tomorrow a new HF radio system comes out, but I just got this POI signed and it takes three years to do these updates. Man, this stuff is tough. Even if I could push one fast, it takes me six months. You just fielded me this new radio that I can't teach because I need the authority to teach it. But if the, the authority just says, operate an HF radio and you just fielded me a new radio, I can teach that radio tomorrow. Yeah. I can teach it right now. As soon as I get it and I get the material and I feel comfortable with it, start teaching it. So those are those are like a couple of the big things we're trying to do to streamline some of this process, make it faster so that uh, you don't end up with I hear constantly uh, radio marines who are now like pretty senior staff at COs, most of them comm chiefs who are like when I went through radio course they still taught me XYZ radio, even though they knew that I was going to go to the fleet and that thing was gone. So one thing that I want to say, and this it may be part of not whatever the podcast or not, but like the, 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 the program of instruction cycle makes sense for, for like a lot of other things that the Marine Corps does, right? Because for two. example, like some of the weapon systems that we have, like don't change for decades. So you, you can keep you can keep the three year cycle and maybe change one LOI or you know, one learning objective or another learning objective and you'll be good. But what makes comp special? What makes you know the things that we do special or why are we different? Tomorrow, what we were using like today is obsolete. Like and, and that's just being exaggerated. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but no, you, no, know, no, our no, you guys are yeah, our, yeah, our technology changes. <laughs> Methods, methods, technology, equipment, software, freaking hardware, it's always changing. And three years, like, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So that's what makes us special. Well, and it's also like when you talk about these specific issues, like it's literally a matter of natural security. Because I can guarantee you that China and Russia, they're not having these same issues. They're just streamlining shit. They're making it easier for them to get technology in the hands of the military. And they're making it easier. But in the mean, meanwhile... You know, we're focusing all of our money on like these large platforms of things that aren't that effective that we don't use very much anymore, and we're we're sacrificing things that people do use all the time, like you know New networks versions. and you know different technologies with like you know the way we use computers and drones and all that stuff, and we're just letting it all fall to the wayside because we have to wait for three years. A three-year life cycle for any single um, IT technology is a lifetime a literal lifetime it's a lifetime and a half if you want to be technical and the fact that the military doesn't get that in 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 2021 
is is sad. So yeah, absolutely. So basically, that we're we're just, we're trying to make an impact as best as we can by at least providing the you know the training and education uh, as as it updates. Because I mean, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Because they're fighting a good fight. Keep trying for a little while longer. 2023. 2023. Until you run for president, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I set my goals pretty high, but pretty high for me, which it even seems unobtainable as governor. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, the governor's still pretty high. Then president, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. That's what, but like, so you should always set your goals kind of high, right? Like something that seems like that's not, that's not really real, but like kind of, but that's still crazy. There's still, there's still 50 of those people every year. Yeah. Right? They don't get elected every year, but there's still 50 of them around somewhere every year. And there's so. definitely ones that are terrible at their jobs that, that ignore people's problems. And, and and still hold on to their office. Yeah. So if you, if you can do at least a crappy, at least as crappy of a job as them, then you could do it. And I think you do a much better job than those crappy people. So. Yeah. I mean, I prefer to do at least a slightly less crappy job. Yeah. Slap. <laughs> If I can do that, then I maybe wouldn't be up for removal. That's right. <laughs> Anywho, I guess that, I, we already lost that fight. Don't don't remind me. No, I have to remind you because it, it makes me feel funny. Funny, not happy or, or sad, but just kind of funny. I don't even know what, what do you. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about now. He's talking, <laughs> he's talking about the recent California election. Oh, did you want to get him recalled? Yeah. Oh, you want to get him recalled? You wanted Larry Elder? Uh, I mean, you know, whoever I voted for is like my thing. But was, I just, I just, are you that I guy? Just, you could just say who you I voted did, for. Come on, man. I didn't like. I didn't like the California I came back to after ten years. That's so. fine. I just want to know if the Tiger King was on the ballot. Who did, yeah, you know. Who did you vote for though? I I wrote in fucking Mickey Mouse because that's fucking better than. Oh, you wrote okay. Else. That's fair. Well, you know, I thought about it. The governor thought there, about it. There were there were there were terrible uh, options, and I was like, when I saw Larry Elder, and I was just like, that guy really? And then I like researched him. And I was like, whoa, this guy's terrible. Like, why would you put him as like the the next the next? Like, nobody's gonna vote for this guy. So I'll tell you what I did. So I didn't vote for a replacement. Because it was a separate voting thing, yeah, right. Yeah. But I did, I did put removal. So, mm. I, so I, you, you put yes and then just left it blank. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. I mean, I'm not anyone else. Anyone else. That's what you say over there. I, you know, but anyways, I, the thing is, I, I went out there and, and that was my opinion, and it may have been like a halfway opinion, based on just what I saw coming back to California after ten. Well, I've been gone for eleven years, right? California wasn't perfect. I'm, I'm not going to say it was perfect or anything when I left it. When I came back, I was just, what the fuck happened? And who's been in charge of this place? Yeah, I mean, there, there are legit issues with Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And, the and, people, and, and everybody that was running against him, they didn't bring up the actual, like, real issues. And I was just like, yeah. And, I mean, and I'm an issue. Yeah, I, like, I, like I like to hear what you have to offer. So since I could not 
really decide on who actually convinced me to replace him. I did know that I did not want him. Yeah. But I did not know who who to replace him because nobody really convinced me. And and to be honest, I just did the one side with yes, he should be replaced, and then I just put my ballot in. Like I, I you know, I mean, that's just the honest truth, honest to God truth, because I mean I tell my family members, like, how else can you actually notice a difference? Like, if you're here the whole time and you just gradually see the change to where you really don't notice that anything's wrong, you just think that it's always been that way, or you leave for 10 fucking years and you come back and it's like, I can't, I like, literally, I exited, I exited the freeway exit where I used to always get off to avoid traffic on the fucking 101 to go to my parents' house, and it was like a night cruise easy fucking route to go to my parents house without being on the freeway there was a thousand fucking homeless tents everywhere and then just walking in the street like not even paying attention to traffic just you know because i know that there's something wrong with them like they need help like they need like there's mentally ill people there's there's people with drug addiction like this was not the california left 10 years ago and i mean i'm not saying that it was perfect when I left it, but I mean, to remove me, time passes and then put me back. Like, like, like what happened? No, you, what you, happened? I saw it gradually over time. I mean, so I, I do SF Beer Week like every, well, except for like the last two years or last year. Yeah, I missed this year. I did one last year. But like, I, I literally watched it go from like being okay, like walking around the streets kind of drunk. To like, there's like a lot of homeless people here, and everybody's high. Like, what, especially like where I went. So now I have to like, before I would like be okay like walking around in some places. Then I'm, then I was like, okay, taxis. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just gonna Uber black everywhere. So I'm like, if I'm in a sketchy neighborhood, I'm like, I'm not gonna like walk anywhere. I'm just gonna Uber black that shit because yeah, it's it real sketch. There are, I mean, there. Are, I got it. There are people like you and like me that notice the differences, but there are people who are just very complacent. The, the average Californian is very complacent and they just, if it's not directly affecting me, yeah. there's nothing. Wrong. Yep. I do want to clarify one thing about California as a complete outsider, right? Not a Californian like you guys. California hasn't been right since 1848. I wasn't born yet, so I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isn't that back when like it was still part of Mexico? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I agree. It was. It has not been right, or it's been different since then, because <laughs> it got colonized. <laughs> things changed a little bit. I mean, yeah. the, the, entire, the entire thing got colonized. So Gold rush and east to west. So San Francisco didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I love people like super. Like, I love. I don't love it, but people that are racist in in California are like hilarious to me. It's like, well, what city do you live in? Like, what's the name of the city? Like, it's not even in fucking English, you stupid motherfucker. Like, what is wrong with no, you? No, you better not speak that language. Yeah. Stop. You need to speak English in in, uh, in California. San Bernardino. Well, but you live in San Francisco, so, you know, but maybe maybe don't, don't do that. Uh, I don't... Uh, Saint Frank. Yeah. I live in, I live in Saint Frank. Actually, yeah. I like that. Saint Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's wrap this up because I may or may not have to get up early in the morning because my daughter started kindergarten and I think she's kind of sick, so, yeah. Uh-oh. All right. Yeah, she got, I think, you know, when kids go to schools, 
You get sick. So she just started kindergarten. Yep. So she's got the sniffles. Gets it. She's struggling with like changing schools, and now it's like she went from like going to school from like twelve twelve forty five to three forty five to like eight thirty in the morning to like five thirty, and it's just like that's a long time. So yeah. yeah. Okay. All uh, right, brother. Good seeing you again. Yep. Good solid good long talk. Yep. Thanks everybody for uh, for watching through this point. And listen, we'll talk to y'all later. Yep. Bye. Peace. Or war, you know, whatever. <laughs> Not in three years. Recording now, and I have space oh, this time. So please oh, apologize yeah. to the to the woman that we had on before about my yeah. total fuck up. Um, that was a really good podcast too. I was really pissed that we yeah, lost it. Yeah. The the, the best thing, the thing I liked about it the most is that we had some disagreements in it, and then we we were, were adults about it. You know, yeah. and we went through it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good, and yeah, she. I've talked to her a little bit, and she was like, "It's okay, you guys are total unprofessional, and I, I'm never going to talk to you again." So. <laughs> nah, she's she's fine. She just, uh, well, she just started her own. Like, she talked about it a little bit in the podcast. So, her and like her new business partner, they literally were like the next day after that podcast starting up their like little startup architecture like 